Welcome to episode 200 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Thick. Uh, we made it. We made it to 200. I think uh, we hit 100 like quite a while ago. Um, oh, September you mean like 100 of, episodes ago? <laughs> September. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to be good at math to figure yeah, that shit out. Like, we hit it a while ago. I don't even remember how many episodes that was. Maybe like 100 September of 2017 is when we hit we hit 100. So it's it's almost been two years. It's it's been quite a while. But since then, holy shit! I mean, we've done some stuff. We've done a ton of movies. We've done some awesome interviews. You know, I think we've we done a lot of like, shit. Like the movies is something that we, you know, that I always, you know, that's something that anybody yeah. can do. I mean, literally right. anybody and everybody does one of these. So we're not that special, but. But the other things that we've gotten to done, I would have never thought, you know, even just the the first hundred episodes, I never would have thought we would have been able to do. And then, you know, looking back on these past hundred, just even like a, a month or two ago, yeah, couldn't even believe we're, we, we were able to do well, that. Well, we, I mean, we, we branched out. We got to do a lot of cons, a lot of live cons, live panels. Uh, we've interviewed people like, you know, um, uh, Gosh, uh, now you're the first blank. interview. I think the well, no, the first interview. I was trying to remember the first interview we did after a hundred, and it was uh, Christy Marston, who's uh, you oh, know, right. the granddaughter of the creator of Wonder Woman. Right, right. And I mean, since then, you know, we did some you know cons at like Fandemic. We've done San Francisco Comic Con. But uh, the one thing up- has never changed is that we are always failing upwards. <laughs> yeah, somehow. I mean, one of our biggest gets was, you know, a year ago. That was uh, Mark Bernardin. You know, he right. was a great, a great interview. Um, gosh, we we did all the Marvel shows, uh, which those are just about to finish. We did. Uh, we got to talk to Mike Quinn, who is Neon Numb. You know, that was at the Inter- the Intergalactic Expo. Um, gosh, several Star Wars movies we got to do. We've done the Harry Potter series, which we're over halfway done with. Um, gosh, I mean, what other cons did we do? I know we did Fandemic. Um, what other interviews? Well, we got to talk, speaking of Wonder Woman, we got to talk to the stunt woman of Wonder Woman. We got to talk to the stunt woman of Black Widow. We've got Heidi uh, and, um, Heidi and, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Ah, shit. Uh, Caitlin Deschelles. Right, that's yeah. right. Uh, <clears throat> we got to talk to Ming Chen recently. You know, we, we got to go to Celebration, which was, was awesome. I never thought right. we got to we'd get to go there and talk to you know Brian Volkswise, who is the uh, producer and creator of uh, the Netflix show The Toys That Made Us, which is one of our favorite things. Um, gosh, I mean, it, it's just it, the list just goes on and on. But we've we've got to do a lot of fun stuff, and this episode, uh, you know, we were <laughs> kind of creeped up on us, like around <laughs> one ninety six. We were like, "What the? F- what are we going to do?" Yeah. And then well, it, we didn't even know about it. No, we, someone pointed out, oh, man, you're almost at 200. And we're like, shit, you're right. We need to do something. Um, and then this kind of dropped in our laps. I mean, not necessarily. This is, I mean, you've been working on this for a year and a half. So, yeah. But this kind of came to fruition right at the right time. And we're like, let's make this our 200th episode. Yeah, because um, I think our 100th episode, we just played a drinking game. <laughs> well, actually, think, we right? interviewed each other. We interviewed Oh, each that's other. right. But we still yeah. drank during it, though, right? Maybe I think uh, we, we did because I remember spilling. Time, I remember spilling beer. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Pretty sure that happened on our hundredth episode. The, yeah, like I don't even remember. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it was the very next episode. We literally did a twenty-minute rant on Subway, which was fucking hilarious. Uh, was if you it go that back one? And listen to that. Yeah, because that 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 That's was crazy. where we created Jerry, the the stupid guy that you know has all the bad ad campaigns and stuff. Yep, um, cuts the hole at the top of the Subway bread. <laughs> Still the worst thing ever. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So the last hundred—I mean, I feel like the last hundred flew by faster than the first hundred. Definitely it just seems to me. Yeah. It just seemed like it went really fast. And uh, but we don't do a normal fifty-two podcast a, a, a year. We've, no, we've we do a little bit done, more. We, we did actually a lot more this year. Like probably like fifteen to twenty more. Well, we had like celebration, celebration we had was what five or yeah. six. Yeah, it was like eight. We did like eight of them. Yeah, that was so, a lot of podcasting. It, it was I was ready lot. to not talk again for a while. <laughs> yeah, like, we need. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Going through an entire day at a convention and then coming back and having to Recording. put out a show for the three people that listen to us it really Fuck, sucks. We, sometimes we missed the we missed seeing the Mandalorian too. God oh yeah, we missed the but, Mandalorian. We didn't really go out to bars either because we were too busy recording. Yeah, we we actually actually missed out. We missed out on that podcast uh, get together. There's a whole all the podcasts Uh, that were at celebration. (laughs) Yeah, we watched Game of (laughs) Thrones. Old wasn't the repeat. It wasn't even the new episode. It was the repeats. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We would rush back to the hotel just to watch those Game of Thrones. Yeah, like I can watch this whenever I want, but I kind of want to right now. (laughs) That's like. That's like when um, back in the day when you would have all these like VHS tapes or DVDs and you would never pop them in. But like if, you know, Die Hard is on Channel 11, you're fucking watching it. <laughs> with the, Even with though commercials. You have it. Yeah, with the commercials. Yeah. No cursing, no blood. He doesn't say yippee ki motherfucker. But you're still going to watch it. And even right. though you could just pop in the, the DVD or the, the VHS tape. <laughs> that's what we did instead of going out and mingling. Right. Uh, yeah, we we stuck to our hotel pretty, pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, that's that's lame. But I don't know. It was still a fun time, but it was exhausting. But uh, yeah, this year's been pretty good. But we've really we haven't really done any cons this year. The cons that we normally do, we kind of just bailed out of, but uh, or some other circumstances. But this year, you know, it's been pretty dry. We don't know if we're going to be doing that or not. Hopefully. Well, you yeah, might have it, one in September, and if it is, it's a pretty big one. It's a pretty big one, yeah. Hopefully, cross our fingers. Uh, but anyway, I digress. But this episode is very special because we got somebody that we admire and somebody that we've been following for a very long time. I mean, all the way back in the days of uh, she reminding us that she was on G four, and then I remembered, like after the interview was over, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right," you know, because um, it was always like I always remembered Olivia Munn and other people. But I always forget that she kind of like did some side stuff on there, um, and then of course her you know coffee with Stan and like some other stuff that that she's done and which you can look up on uh, YouTube and some other channels. But uh, this was a great interview. This is Jenna Bush. Uh, if you, I, I mean, I'm sure everyone is out there, especially geek related. If you're listening to this podcast, you know who she is, or at least have seen her before. Maybe the the name doesn't ring a bell unless you're thinking of like George Bush's daughter or whatever, which she gets that a lot. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's not spelled the, the same way. No, it's the beer, not the not the president's daughter. So right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was a great interview, especially people out there that want to get into the business or or want to hear about like how she got in. This is a a great uh, a great podcast to listen to. But she her credentials are redonkulous, like crazy, crazy good. If we even had a third, like a fourth or a fifth of what she's done, I'm, I could die happy. <laughs> um, it, it's it's nuts. So and she's really really cool to talk to. And uh, I think we even got, I mean, she's uh, married to, or she's dating someone that's um, a famous, one of the famous comedians, too. Um, uh, no, but, he's, a, he's an artist. Oh, artist, artist. But I thought, thought he was a comedian, too. Anyway, no. um, yeah, I, I digress. Anyway, so uh, this is episode 200. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. This is a great interview. This is probably the longest interview we've ever done. Yeah, um, definitely. At, at, at least, I mean, I think we've had... A little bit longer, like with Frank or something like that. But we, well, if you count if you count Brian's, Brian's is longer. But that but that's because that's we true. had to do it twice, right? <laughs> three times. Oh yeah, three times. <laughs> One didn't work at all. Uh, but this is a great interview, and, and just hang in there and listen to the whole thing. It's pretty great. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's drop some let's drop yes. some information because we stopped doing this at around like even before we got to episode one hundred. We episode stopped, 85 we stopped <laughs> we just stopped telling people where to find us um yeah we just figured we're happy with the three listeners that we have and that's what all we would do is just not tell anybody else but our you know our our, our uh, the listenership's growing facebook's growing instagram's growing little by little it's still not a huge amount but our patreon is you know we've got a few people on there but it kind of bounces back and forth so let me give you guys some let me tell you where you can find us and also where you can kind of uh sponsor us as well so uh, patreon.com well let's go with facebook first oh you want to do facebook first okay. right i want to run that order all right facebook twitter instagram okay so let's go with facebook uh easiest way go in the search bar type in chew on this podcast boom we're we're right up there um click on us add us we always have memes and and articles that we post and and other things that we do on there um, we are on Instagram and Twitter um, at Chew on This Pod, so that's really easy to find us on both of those at Chew on This Pod. You can find memes. You can see the little advertisements I do for podcasts every week. Um, you know, we kind of change things up every week. Our casserole ads are hilarious when you look at those. Um, and then we have, of course, you guys can email us anytime. Chew on This Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, People will send us stuff and say, like, hey, would you talk about this? Would you talk about that? And every now and then we we go, hey, that sounds like a pretty good topic. And so we'll, you know, talk about it. And, uh, and of course, Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash chew on this podcast. You can go there for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you can sponsor our little tiny, broke, cheap podcast. Um, all the money that, that, that we get in really helps us, like, with doing – you know, things like uh, cons, things like, you know, new equipment, things like that. But anyway, um, that's where you can find us. And then we have, uh, of course, like the, the tiers that you can do as well. You can, depending on how much you're you're sponsoring us or, or donating to us every month or subscribing, I should say. Not subscribing because you can get this shit for free. But, right. um, but you know, basically sponsoring us. Um, 
there's different tiers. Uh, and one tier that I'm going to talk about right now is that uh, we're actually today, as of today when this launches, we'll also have um, our – I don't know what number this is, but we'll have another uh, fan stick figure. Um, yes. We had recently um, uh, one of our fans, uh, Grant, um, you know, started becoming a Patreon subscriber or uh, donator or – whatever Sponsored. and uh <laughs> his level was uh his level was able he was able to uh get to a level where you get your own personalized stick figure now grant decided to make this tricky he couldn't say something like i'm just going to do a lightsaber or i'm just going to do like a regular sword he needs to come up with this fucking sword from like star trek that has like all these different blades on it <laughs> and <laughs> So I don't like he he said it and it didn't in the email and it didn't occur, occur to me like what the hell this thing was. He's like then, giggling. He's like I, I looked at this. it. I just want yeah, to see like, what he does. You, <laughs> even if you did like the fucking thing from Crawl, it would have been easier, um, right? Than this thing. <laughs> you got a challenge. So this thing was difficult, and uh, it seems like these stick figures are getting more and more intricate every single time. I look back now at like the beginning stick figures and they're just like in black and white. There's no color to it. There's, there's barely <laughs> and any literal sticks. It might resemble somebody a little bit, but not. And uh, now I'm drawing this shit that has like 50 blades on it. So, <laughs> Grant, this is your 50 you're blade like, stick figure. You're like that. You're like that kid in uh, Wedding Crashers. You know when uh, Vince Vaughn is like making those balloons, and yeah. someone's like, he's like, I'm going to make you a dog. I'm going to make you a snake. And that kid's like, make me a bicycle. <laughs> he, <laughs> he makes that fucking bicycle out of all these balloons, and the kid uh, does. He's like, you didn't even say thank you. And the kid like runs off. <laughs> <laughs> so Grant, here's your here's your here's your bicycle of stick figures. Right, here's your intricate stick figure. <laughs> <laughs> this is other than other than Ming Chen's um his his staff that he had oh, on yeah. his stick figure, this is probably the most intricate. I'm I'm talking like it's um like I'm drawing like the Sistine Chapel or something <laughs> and it's just a fucking stick figure. <laughs> we have friends that are like artists that like actually like make Yeah, they actually have comic books and shit. <laughs> Yeah, comic books. They have comic and books. And you're complaining about a fucking stick And I'm stick just doing figure. a stick figure. <laughs> Getting all mad and shit. <laughs> Remember at Celebration? Until two in the morning screaming. Remember at Celebration pencil? and we watched uh, Doug Chang's panel? Yeah. And I'm talking to you like I can relate to Doug Chang as he's drawing this fucking like this robot that he's just coming up with, uh, this android that he's just coming up with on the spot. And it looks fucking amazing, right? Yeah. And I'm talking to you t- like... <laughs> I'm talking to you like like I'm relating to Doug Chang and know how to draw this shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm an artist too. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Within twenty within twenty minutes, he's got a screen ready robot. After two hours of getting mad, after two hours, I'm like, you're like, yeah, Doug, I understand, man. I know exactly what you mean when that happens. I, I feel you. Except he's like, yeah, but you don't have George Lucas walking in and fucking scratching a big X through it. <laughs> Going like, I don't want this in my movie. You're like, would, thanks. You could have just told this me that. Would, this, is, this is how I imagine this going if it was George Lucas. Like, he's looking at all of Doug Chang's, you know, artwork. And then he gets to mine. But I picture, like, that guy from, uh, uh, not Billy Matt, 
Billy Madison, I think it is. Yeah, Billy Madison, yeah, yeah. where he's playing the violin really well, and then Billy Madison blows into the flute and is like, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. <clears throat> right. You'd see, like, Doug Chang's, like, all these, like, ships and all these great androids and all these worlds and, you know, awesome characters. And then you get to me and him just got like rows of stick figures in different poses. <laughs> you're like you're like plucking his you're like plucking his artwork off his wall and putting it in your like, like I spent so long on this. I'm like, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's crazy. yeah. All right. Well, so Grant and Joy, thank you for supporting our show. And yes. uh if you do another one, it better be like a toothpick or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get another one. <laughs> you don't get a weapon. You're done. You don't get a yeah. weapon. In the next one, you're using the force. <laughs> the force is your weapon. Uh, just some squiggly yeah, lines. Yeah, but you look like that guy from Charlie Brown. What's his name? I think like, uh, what's his name? Like a, a pig pen or something? <laughs> oh, right. right. Yeah. He looks like his hand smell. <laughs> Smell my finger. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, this force stinks. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, it, uh, this is episode 200. So this is uh, we have our very special guest, Jenna Bush, on our podcast. So enjoy. And uh, until next time, folks, chew on that. Later. Do you you got your notes up or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, I got the intro. So, um, yeah. Well, we don't really ever open a show for an interview. We can just literally just like I could just cue the music in like right here now, right now. Now, now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, well, well, this is our this is our two hundredth show. So this, yeah, this is awesome. Whenever this airs, it'll be our two hundredth show. So, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on to our two hundredth show. Oh, thank you for having me. This is, uh, I, this would, what is this, like three and a half years it took us to get to 200? Something like that. Pretty close. I don't even know what number we're on with Legion of Leia because um, we kept changing seasons. We stopped counting. We'd have to look <laughs> it up every time. So we just gave up, and now we don't number them anymore. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. But then, so then how do you tell people to go back and listen to like a specific episode? Like, yeah, they can Google it. <laughs> actually we didn't even know about the 200th episodes uh one of our listeners told us about it they, oh, they they mentioned something over like a comment or something and said oh my god you guys are almost at 200 and we're like oh fuck we are oh by the, <laughs> oh, by the way jenna you can curse on this uh on the on our yeah, show as much as you and want. i shall uh, perfect perfect yes. you'll fit right in <laughs> So for all of our listeners who, who don't know who our guest is, her name is Jenna Bush, and I'm going to do a really quick This Is Your Life, which is just some of, some of your accomplishments. They don't even uh, – if I listed all of your accomplishment, accomplishments, it would probably take like 15 minutes because – I have 70 jobs. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say I, I, we Facebook stalked you and Google stalked you and all this stuff, and and we could not believe how many – I couldn't believe how many things that you have done. I think it's amazing, but when you say, like, I've had 70 jobs, it 
seems kind of weird, but not when I actually read everything that you've ever done. <laughs> it's not like um, a barista at Starbucks. You <laughs> <laughs> no, your, your, your career has been insane, um, especially how it started. Um, but let's see, let's, let's go through a list of accomplishments. You, you've, you're, you've done contributions to the psych, uh, psych geek series of books that we can find on Amazon and, and uh, I believe Barnes and Noble, right? You've done Star Wars psychology, Star Trek, Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, um, you've interviewed Countless. like the list of uh, amount of celebrities I can't even imagine covering film, TV, comic books, video games. Um, you've your sci-fi fangirls. I, this is only two bullet points, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but I love G four attack of this show. So when I yeah, like, that's so uh, that is like my favorite thing that you've ever out of. You've interviewed like a list celebrities, and I think that's awesome. But for me. You being on Attack of the Show is <laughs> my so, favorite thing that you've done yeah. in your career. Um, okay, you want to know something weird about that? Sure. So my boyfriend and I have been together for almost seven years, but we met online, and he didn't tell me for three months. He had actually seen me on Attack of the Show, <laughs> and didn't he didn't say anything, but when he saw me online, he figured it out that I was the person that was on the show. That's bullshit. He was stalking you. <laughs> And it worked. Yeah. But he just wanted to make, he wanted you to get to know him. And then when he felt it was safe to reveal that he was stalking you, that's when he said it to you. Well, you know what? He also said, he, he said after like the first couple of emails, he said, I think, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I think I can out geek you. And <laughs> oh, he has the pedigree um. to, I, that's what I said, challenge accepted. And he absolutely, like, we, I'd say we're neck and neck. He worked on all the Spider Man films, like, yeah, I, I read. I read his. Uh, I read his IMDb page too. And yeah. So. Between the both of you, good lord, our house is very nerdy. If but I yeah, can, no. even just like ten percent of both of your careers mixed in here and there, I would be. I could die happy. <laughs> uh, let's see. You're a member of the Critics Choice Awards. Uh, a member there. Uh, you started your own website, Legion of Leia. You did the amazing cocktails with Stan Lee, I, which is mind blowing yeah, to me. And you also have a YouTube uh, called uh, Super Dork House. Oh, yes, yes. It's my friend Arena Ariana's um, show that we were doing together for a while. That was really, really fun. Um, oh, and I should say Legion of Leia is on Vital Thrills right now. It's vitalthrills.com. We moved oh, cool. over there, which has been great. Uh, well, I'm going to cut off the your list of accomplishments and jobs at that. So yeah. welcome to the 200th show, uh, Jenna Bush. Thank you very much. <laughs> Now, when we were doing a sound check, you were you you did a you did a Shakespeare quote. Do you have an yeah. intro to a like a something you like to say in the beginning of your podcast? Um, I generally don't, though. I do sign off Jenna Bush B-U-S-C-H, like the beer, not the president, because <laughs> I get a lot of messages for the other Jenna Bush people congratulate me on babies I haven't had. Right? I had a director. How's your was, dad? How's the president? Yes. Way, my father is on Twitter, but he was never president <laughs> of the country. And I get I I had a director um, that I had interviewed a number of times, and we sort of became friends after all the years of talking. And he messaged me one day and he's like, I heard you were going to be on the Today Show. So I got up early and went to watch it. And it was the other one. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And also the reason I did the Shakespeare quote is because uh, one of my other careers, besides being a makeup artist, was I was um, an actor major. and a musical theater actor for many, many years That's and a singer. So cool. At Syracuse. Um, yes. Oh, you See? Know? 
so stalked much. you. I like it. I like it. I did. Like, I'm not going to be your boyfriend and just wait for podcasts. I'm just going to tell you right up front, I stalked the shit out of you to prepare for this pod- podcast. It's all good. <laughs> so you are from the... You were born in, or I'm not sure where you were born. I didn't stalk you that much, but you were I'm in New York. Here. Yes, um, I'm from Long Island. <coughs> I'm from New Jersey. Ah, uh, so person. I also lived in Queens for seven years. Oh, nice. My, uh, I think, uh, doesn't, yeah, my, my, one of my best friends from college lives in Queens right now. Um, um, that's not the point. <laughs> I should have, you know what I should have said? I should have said, do you know him? <laughs> I know him. Although, I have to say, when I lived in Queens, it was not like the, uh, I lived in Astoria, and like Astoria now is the super cool, like, trendy neighborhood. Right. It was not that when I lived there. It was. Kind of like how Hoboken is now. Yes. Well, where, when I lived there, it was trashy. Yep. And awesome, and there were a hundred different it kinds of cheese. It was wonderful. Yeah, it I loved character. it. Uh, I, when I lived in Jersey City uh, till I was like six, and that place was a shithole. <laughs> and now it's now it's now, but now it's different. Now yeah. it's now it's up and coming. And I'm like, what the hell? We would have never like the house that we lived in when I was five years old, four four or five years old. If we kept that house, we probably it probably like half a million dollars right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I was paying a ridiculous amount of money for four hundred and fifty square feet that I lived in with someone else and three cats, a snake, and a bunny. That sounds oh, like Noah's Ark. That's way too crowded. <laughs> that sounds like I I imagine that's like the confines at Noah's Ark. Oh, you don't even know. I had squirrels that used to come to my door when I lived um, one of the places I lived in L.A. and they would actually knock on the door, not scratch. They knocked on the door, and I would hand feed them peanuts. We Holy Cinder, shit! We got Cinda freaking Rella here. <laughs> that's like yeah, yeah, that's Snow White stuff right there. I have yeah. a cat sitting behind my butt right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You may hear her uh, at some point. That's okay. It add, like I said, it adds production value. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the pizza when you first moved out to California? You know, um, you're gonna laugh. I really don't eat pizza. I don't eat anything. Um, you're well. You're a vegetarian, so like you eat stuff. I you can eat pizza. pizza. No. Okay. So I I don't eat anything now. I did Whole Thirty, and I I found out that I am <laughs> I can't eat dairy. I can't really so eat sugar, and I can't eat gluten. So pretty much, and I, I'm not a big food person, so uh, I don't. Uh, I know it's really weird, but especially I, the things that you get invited to. I know. I don't like <laughs> no, you know the sad thing is I don't drink anymore because of the the sugar. Gluten, yeah. And yeah. I yep, went yep. to Comic Con, and every single event I went to, they're like, "Here's all the free wine." I'm like, "Where were you for the past ten years?" Because now I can't have it, and here it is. So at the end of the show, if it goes really well, I'm going to ask to be your drinker. Yes. And eater. eater You just bring me, I won't say a word. You just point me to the food and the free wine. And that'll be awesome. I'll I'll get your money's worth. Yes, someone did. But luckily, um, other things are legal in California. So, you know, it's fine. Oh, nice. Uh Uh (laughs) <laughs> just 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 on that note i have not been sober in about a hundred and seventy five episodes nice. nice well i used to do a, a podcast occasionally i was a guest on the joe blow podcast when i used to work for them oh, yeah, yeah. We just like pick drinks and we would we weren't anywhere near each other we we're all in different states but they'd have me bring wine on and i would just find like weird names like toasted head 
Oh, nice. And I would just, we'd just drink on the show. So this is this is a new and exciting, like, just in the past year that I can't have sugar. But yeah, it's it's not a weight thing. I just I can't tolerate sugar anymore. And I know everyone uh, thinks I'm crazy now, but you'd be surprised what you can find. The Joe Blow thing sounds like uh, back in college, I used to uh, we used to do the same thing, but with uh, bottles of liquor uh, and it, depending on how. Like we would go for the funky bottles, anything yeah. that looked weird, and we would just do that. And one time, so we did this for two years, and then what, and we finally stopped when I think it was um, what was it? Saki. Oh. We bought saki out of this like green, really cool looking bottle, and it tasted like horse piss oh. so bad. It's <laughs> so bad, oh, so bad that we stopped playing the game. Stop. Oh. <laughs> that we stopped playing. It was so bad that none of us went back to it. Oh. Like we took one shot, yeah. It, we took one shot, and every and all of us collectively. Do you know how bad it is in college? Like how bad the alcohol has to taste in college, where you're just like, I'm not going to have any more of that. You know, I drank <laughs> in college. I drank Rumble Mints. Do you know? Have you ever had Rumble Mints? Yes. Yeah. Don't ever have that. That how almost Goch- put me off drinking forever. What about Goldschlager? I have had Goldschlager. Did that didn't bother me as much. Um, and I, there was one night I, I was new to drink. I didn't drink in high school, so I was new to it in college. And there was one night I shared with one other person, half of one of the small bottles of absolute up here, <laughs> oh, half no. a bottle of peach tree schnapps. Don't ever do that. No, no. Oh my God. We, you must have threw up so then bad. Then we had Malibu. Oh yes. And then we went to see Phantom of the Opera the next day. We drove up to Toronto <laughs> and alcohol was legal. And yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't legal here yet, so yeah. You're yelling at the stage, shut up! <laughs> so, like, we were on the top row, and it's a really like pitched stage. Oh, I think man. it was the Pantages in Toronto or something like that. And all I could think is, I'm going to fall forward, and I'm going to throw up in the orchestra. <laughs> you know, what would have been funny is if you did actually one of those things was Goldschlager, and you threw up, and it would have been like your throw up was bedazzled. Well, you know, when I was a makeup artist, I had glitter all over my house, and I had three cats at the time. And, you know, glitter just goes into the air, and it just it yep. sort of coats everything. And sometimes when I would go to clean the litter box, the poo would be sparkly. <laughs> so, I understand completely. <laughs> I did throw up. You did cat shit. I yeah, think well, you trumped me there. You, you say I think you win. I think you win. <laughs> we've talked about nothing that we've wanted to talk about, Not but I'm enjoying. But I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the uh, kitty litter glitter shit. <laughs> That's going to be a soundbite. That's gonna I know, be one of the, as the it should stuff. be. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Glitter cat shit is always a soundbite. <laughs> if you can work that into an interview next time, Jenna, if you're talking to like maybe uh, Chris Pratt, just how to work in the glitter shit, <laughs> and then I'll. No, it's like a little like remember how who, yeah who was the who was the comedian the oh man i'm trying to blank oh, uh, carol burnett carol burnett carol used to burnett do it right She'd pull on yes it was grandma. for kids right oh, oh yeah, grandma right grandma. but yeah so I, this I, version would be the glitter cat shit and we would know you're <laughs> winking to us well do you know I, I think i may have mentioned that in interviews before i've had weird interviews i had one with russell brand where he sang me a song about cats having sex and <laughs> sang me a song about my last name, so you can imagine how that went. Oh, and yeah. then oh, yeah. I interviewed him for The Tempest, and he sang me a song about cats in blankets and then told me, this is what he said, do you know what the definition of evil is? And I said, oh, dear, no. And he said, 
it's uh, wrapping a cat in a dish towel and calling it baby Jesus. That's what he said to me. I don't know what it means, but I kind of love it. He is silly. He's really uh, out there. Pretty, that doesn't sound like a sober person right there that said that. No, he was Although he's actually he's is sober now. He's sober, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Him. I met his mom. And I interviewed him for uh, in London for Get Him to the Greek, and I was the last interview of the day, and his mom was there, so I've met, I've met his mother. Yeah, nice. Those are those press junkets just like really awful for them. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, they're awful. There, you go through like seventy people, and you know, some of them get bored. Like I, I interviewed. Okay, so this this sounds super name droppy, but I interviewed um, Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts together. I don't even remember the movie. It was like, oh my a small god. Movie. One scene of which they filmed a few um, blocks from the place I was living at the time. And I walked in, and I think I was there for movie phone. I don't remember. I was doing movie phone minute at the time. But I was wearing, like, they dressed me, and I was wearing this full-on hot pink, like, fluttery dress. I looked like something out of a fairy tale book. It was, it was Oh, big. God. So I yeah, walked yeah. in, and it was late in the day, and they looked at me, and Tom Hanks said, you win. And they both laughed. And I was like, Oh, I'm not going to come out of this looking good. What what do I win? And they're like, we'll tell you later. But we did the interview. It was lovely. And I ended up leaving. And then I tweeted about it. And Tom Hanks saw it and tweeted back, you won Miss Junket. So they play oh. games with themselves. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So they they dressed you? Well, no, movie phone. They, they sent me like... They they sponsor. I had sponsored clothing, so they. Oh, you win the, the the outfit of the. I got you. Yeah, I, gotcha. I guess with the That's pink awesome. dress and the blonde hair and the whole thing. I, but they do weird things. Like I had one. With, you look like Peggy Sue. Yeah, I, I mean, I had one for with uh, Ezra Miller fairly recently for the last Harry Potter movie, and it's up on it's on Sci-Fi. Um, but he was drawing on a balloon when I walked in. <laughs> and he was in with Claudia Kim, and I was like, "What you, what you drawing?" Because you know we have four minutes during those interviews. Yeah, right. Yep, so right. you got to get your questions in fast. And I was like, "What, what you doing?" And he's like, "I'm drawing, I'm drawing something. Do you know what it is?" And I, I figured out it was the dark mark. And I, and he was like, "You won." And I said, "Well, I'm a Ravenclaw. That's the we, we know things." <laughs> so, the- <laughs> so yeah, like, but I can't imagine like try, although I've done it. I've been on the other side of it. I, I did. I think the most I've done in a day is like 25 interviews. Where I've been the person uh-huh. Holy cow. So, so what? I mean, you've done a lot of panels. So, and you, I mean, you've moderated a Comic Con and all that stuff. But what's what do you feel is better? Do you like moderating or do you like being a guest? I like. Well, actually, I really like both for different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Moderating is it's a very specific skill because you have to. Um, it's not about you, but you have to have enough of a, like a personality to like have them notice you for the three seconds before you bring everyone else on stage. Then you have to disappear, except you have to keep the conversation going. You've got to moderate audience questions. So it's a, it's, it's actually a challenge. It's really, really fun. I love doing it. Like anyone needs me to moderate a panel. Let me know. I will be at Comic-Con, but, um, I, I love being on panels, you know, depending on what they are. I've had some really, really fun ones. I, you know, one of my favorites is the psychology of cult TV that I do with uh, Dr. Janina Scarlett. And she's the co-author for most of the chapters in the 11 books that we've done um, in the Psychic series. With Travis. And, yeah, with Travis Langley, who is so awesome. He's so awesome. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's a really fun one. But, you know, I just moderated the science of Game of Thrones, which was a... 
Oh, a right. crazy panel. We we actually have to talk about Game of Thrones because we we, oh, we, wrote, can. we wrote that down. I have feelings. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> 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 you actually, oh, you. I think you were on a panel with uh, one of our friends, John John Marcotte. Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done a bunch of panels together. Yeah, He's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. We love John too. Uh, that's. He's been, that's how, that's how I found out about you actually is is through John. Um, heroic girls, yeah, yeah, heroic girls. I found I found heroic. We were doing. We got invited to do a, a, a convention, a small, really small convention. And but John was there, and I I have two girls, and um, I had read this thing about heroic girls, and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be there. And I read what it was, and I, and I, as I was reading the bio, I was feeling I felt like I was him. Because I, I have two, like, at that point, I only had one girl, I think. And I was, you know, going to stores and trying to figure, like, find stuff for Star Wars, stuff for comic books and stuff like that, for T-shirts and, you know, clothes for her. And I couldn't find anything. Yeah. And so I read his bio, and I was thinking, wow, this is the same thing I was going through. This guy just beat me to it. So um, we got him on the show, and then, you know, it's kind of, our friendship has kind of grown from there. He's local to he's local to me too as well. Yeah, he's wonderful. His kids are wonderful, and he's been super supportive um, of everything that Legion of Lay has done. So I'm really, I'm really, I just love him. So I'm I'm glad that that he is the reason that we are here today. <laughs> yeah, thank you, John. Um, I just thought of a really weird panel story too. Sure, go ahead. Yes. So okay, so this was one of the most surreal panels I have ever done. Where I had um, Stan Lee on, and uh, it, it was—I mean, I've done a bunch of panels with him, and he's like—he's—he was the coolest man in the whole world. Um, but I also uh, had William Shatner on the panel. Oh man, so, you had Stan Lee and, and Shatner. Shat. And Shatner, oh my yes. god! It was at LA Comic Con. It was one of the weirdest things, and they had set it up. The, the people who were doing the panel had set this whole thing up. It was when Stan brought out his latest thing, God Woke, which I just found out I'm in the thank yous for. I had no idea. Aww. Nice. Um, I mean, that like made my whole day. I found that out today. Um, oh, nice. But, yeah, but so I and I I know William Shatner just a little bit from doing doing cons for so long and you know he was like i will sit next to her and i and stan was like no i have to sit next to her because i can't hear anything and she has a high-pitched voice so that's why at every panel i would have to sit next to him and yell the questions to him that's awesome that's great that worked out for you yeah but I was like, this, is, this is happening this is the thing that is happening in my life i don't what is my life even is that going on in your mind as it's happening or it, yeah. like afterwards Oh, there is never a moment where you're sitting between William Shatner and Stan Lee where you're not like, I have no idea what is happening. How did I get there? <laughs> it's very strange. I don't have any story that even comes close to that, but when we get guests on the show, I feel like we always fail upwards because <laughs> I have no idea why anybody wants to talk to us. Because you guys are fun. <laughs> and you appreciated my cat shit story. Oh, <laughs> glitter cat shit. Oh, shit. Very, very true. <laughs> you, Jenna, seriously, if you ever get that in an interview with somebody famous, I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> I will lose my shit. I, I would feel like I would feel I would lose my glitter shit. I feel like I would be there if you said that. 
put it tweeted out. We, Hashtag glitter shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we made it. We finally made it. That's awesome. <laughs> I will find a way to do it one day. I promise. Nice, nice, nice. Now I'm just going to keep texting you glitter shit every time you go out on a con. <laughs> every time you you post on Facebook that you're going out on a on a convention, I'm just going to be like glitter shit. <laughs> just GS. Yeah, you know what it means. You know what it means. Yes. I'll send you emojis of like sparkly, then poop, and then a cat. I will know what it means. <laughs> you um, you mentioned earlier that you do like the the science of Star Wars or the psychology psychology. <coughs> this did you do something called the science of Star Wars? I no, I science of Game yeah. of Thrones, right? Well, yeah, no, I did that, but I did the science of Star Wars. I've done the science of Westworld. Yeah, um, so how close are we to getting a real lightsaber here? We are not. Like, <laughs> we are not close at all. It's not happening. There's some dragons um, or something. <laughs> no, well, dragons are probably going to be easier if we get dinosaur DNA. But I really, I don't think we're get we're getting lightsabers. It's just the way that lasers work. Now, right. I am not a scientist. I just talk to a lot of them. But you know, we always have people from NASA on, and you know, we've got um, like. Tamara Robinson from Mythbusters Jr. and, oh, and man. Mythbusters of Surge. I'm like, so they know all this stuff and they're but but that's not happening. We're not getting we're not getting lightsabers. <laughs> that's because I'd probably kill myself <laughs> on accident. I, I couldn't fight with that. But we always have this weapon weapons expert named Steve Huff on, and he's amazing and he does this like crazy stuff for Fonco Productions and he knows everything. Like when when the whole um the Kylo Ren lightsaber came out with the side pieces. Yep. He was like, he, he explained why that would actually work. Oh, wow. And I thought it, you'd be called bullshit or something. Like, no, 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 there's actually, and I used to, I used to open the, uh, the panel that way. Cause we've done it for like five years and no, he's, there's a specific style um, of, I think it's German. I could be wrong. He's going to yell at me if I'm wrong, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it might be German, but there's a specific style um, that you can fight with the hilt. And that you use it as part of the weapon, so it is. It's a not thing. like a claymore. No, it's not like a claymore. Um, but it's there, there's a specific thing where you actually use the hilt. Um, trip. Have you ever seen Stephen Colbert's explanation for it? Yes, I have. I, I love, love that. Explanations that. for everything. I love Stephen Colbert. He's wonderful. I can't believe he showed up at Celebration. That was a big surprise. That was so cool. Was I wasn't so there, awesome. but I got to see it. So That was my favorite part of the entire five days with Stephen Colbert. The, that five minutes of Stephen Colbert. At the beginning was yeah. awesome. Yeah, oh, it was great. So awesome. wonderful. So wonderful. <clears throat> um, so... I. You know, in, in all the things that we've done, one of the one of the things that's an ongoing theme for us is trying to make sure that I don't know if you know this, um, maybe you do, but like I'm I'm Chinese and and Brian, uh, BJ's Jewish, so we always try to f- you know talk about representation and inclusion and all that, and and we've added a diversity rating to every single movie review that we do before we actually Ooh. give the final review. Oh, I love that. So, oh, you might actually, since you're such a geek and a nerd, oh, we got to use nerd on this show. It's in the title. So, <laughs> um, but you're such a nerd, you might appreciate this. So the way that we, because this is our show, again, we don't make any money off of this. We decide what we do, um, hence this glitter shit that we just talked about. Um, um, but uh, we came up with our own diversity rating, and what we did was we thought, okay, there's, a, the, there's, there's nothing but white people in it, and we called it Casper. So, yeah. 
So we said Casper. And then in the middle, we if there's like a good mix but not great, we call it Jan Brady. It's the middle, the middle, the middle daughter. Like and now I'm really curious if you know the the last one. So if there's a lot of diversity, basically if it looks like America, if it looks like America, we say it's a plethora. Do you know where that came from? Oh, no. Yeah, watch a, a three of me. Do you? Would you say? Uh, let me give you a quote. Would you say I have a plethora of pinatas? <laughs> Do you know which movie? It's Three Amigos, right? Yes, yeah! yes, yes. There you go. Oh my God, I love her. I love her more. I love her more. Glitter Aww. shit, no, I love her more. <laughs> Glitter shit and plethora. Nice. So that's so that's how we came up with the the diversity rating is is we say the diversity rating first, then we give like the lightsaber well, and chainsaw review. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So my question to you is is you know with the way things are in Hollywood right now. It seems like the tides are changing, but there's there seems like a lot of pushback from fans. Yeah, well, I think it's a very specific set of fans. I think <laughs> it's like the fans who just did the cut of Endgame without Captain Marvel. And as they said, and I swear I saw this online, it was in quotes, all that gay shit. They, nice. re- they the- recut the movie. I mean, who does that? What yeah. kind of, first of all, what kind of time do you have on your hands? And second of all, how the hell is any of this hurting you? Like, that's what I don't get. Like, how are you hurt by any of this? This is good. This you're is talking wonderful. You're talking about them online where they uh, took out all the women in Endgame, right? Or something like that? Yeah. 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 Like, what? Why? <laughs> why would you do that? Like, I... You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, um, I am probably older than both of you, but when I was a kid... The, the guys I hung out with were really excited that I also played video games and that oh, I was yeah. involved in yeah. stuff. We would think that was sexy. I, I would have thought that was the most attractive thing ever. Yeah, and, and now they're mad because, like, okay, so I went through Gamergate, and the first, uh, I got death threats all the time, and what started it was the epi- the this thing I wrote about, um, there was a study that said there are now more female gamers than male gamers. And people lost their minds. I'm like, well, first of all, I did not do the study. I am writing about the study. But second of all, why is that a problem? Didn't you want this? Wasn't this what you were asking for? (laughs) (laughs) I want to take it back. Yeah, and like when I do cons in different cities, like I sometimes will do cons in cities that are much smaller than you know where I live, and I'll have a lot of guys come up to me at the table and say. I really wish my girlfriend were more into this stuff. And I'm like, right. I bet you she is. You probably just don't know. So, but <laughs> she probably doesn't want to tell you. Cause it's, Can you make her? <laughs> so I had a guy tell me, actually in Nashville, he's like, she really like, he said his girlfriend really liked video games, but she didn't want anyone to know. And I was like, make it comfortable for her. Because it's not yeah. hurting you, and he's like, "I'm so, I'm so proud that she plays video games." And I was like, "Well, you're a good boyfriend then." Yeah, and it's, crazy. I just don't understand like why the pushback because it's wonderful. You know, I was walking through, um, I was walking through um, Target and looking at toys and seeing all the female toys that are there now, yep. and there was a Bumblebee. Um, from DC Superhero Girls, and this little girl went up to it and said. 
mama, can I have her? She looks like me. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not oh crying. My, my allergies is very dusty in this Target. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah, and, and, you know, when I – I don't know if you guys – when I – you may have because you stalked. But but I started the, the Where's Ray campaign online when yep. we weren't getting the Star Wars toy. Yep. The Monopoly and, game. Yeah. And, and the girl, the little girl who wrote that letter in is the daughter of a, a friend of mine. And her name's Carrie Goldman. And her daughter wrote the um, – wrote about it and it just I just didn't understand and you know one of the things they were saying when this happened with Marvel we were hearing oh Scarlett Johansson didn't give the rights to her likeness or people wouldn't want their kids to play with an assassin and I was like what they sell wow. Joker toys you guys they sell Joker yep. toys like they sell serial killer toys yes. yeah. hello Storm Shadow yeah yeah Darth Vader <laughs> <laughs> why would you not have? Well, I, so, yeah, I just I don't understand why there's a pushback. It doesn't make any sense to me because, like, I just don't understand like how it's taking away from you. It it, it comes down to I I don't know. I could just guess that it just comes down to money. But but they don't understand is there's a huge no. Here's here's play, the, I don't think it's I don't think it's money. Set. Here's the thing like like uh, CEOs. If they find out that women want to do this stuff, they'll fucking put it out so the women are like, stop, I don't want any more. Because they're all about the money. It's the people that – it's the quote-unquote fans that have a problem with this shit. Well, one like, of the if, that they saw when I, I did um, – I wrote some comics for uh, a comics anthology called Womanthology Heroic. And we did a Kickstarter for it. And I think we were I, – I could be getting the numbers wrong, but I'm pretty sure we were raising $30,000. And it ended up – we got $130,000 or something wow, like that. Wow. It was the most successful campaign on a Kickstarter at the time. And it was all done by women, writers, inkers, pencilers, uh, artists, everything, colorists. It was all women. And people were – you know, Neil Gaiman uh, uh, gave oh, us wow. like, prizes to give away for people wow. who donated – and what we heard from the comic book industry was we didn't not that we didn't know women read comics, but we didn't know there were that many female creators. That many. Out there. Oh, oh. Gotcha. and gotcha. I was like, you guys <laughs> just look. And, and now they're like, oh, right, of course. And so now they're marketing to us. And then you've got somebody like Jody, who who writes for pretty much everything. Now she started in that. And. There were so many names that were a part of that, and it, but it was such a weird thing because it was like they didn't look, so they didn't know we were there. And Wonder Woman, you know, I heard about some of the backlash and some of the resistance people were getting, and then it came out and it broke records, you right. know, and then Black Panther. And mm -hmm. so you can't say anymore, oh, well, we can't have a superhero of color. You can't say well, that. I mean, you know, the worst thing you could do is read comments online. And oh, yes. And I, I I do that a lot, and I, that's like one of my that's like my kryptonite is reading comments. So mad. I get so pissed <laughs> off. Give yourself the gift of taking a day off from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get so mad because their arguments are it doesn't make any sense. They're like it sucks. I'm like, all right, well that's 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 pretty subjective. Like, why does it suck? I'm like, who gives a shit? It's a black guy. Like, what's the difference? And yeah. I'm like, are you stupid? They're like, oh, the, the the one comment that always pissed me off that made me always have to comment was, um, I can't wait until uh, they're um, like, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is Black Panther. I'm like, that's not the same thing, you fucking idiot. No. Black Panther is just not a black guy in America. He's 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 African, you fuck. 
Oh, wow. You know, I stopped reading the comments that often a few years ago um, through Gamergate. I got my first death threat for Avatar. I reviewed Avatar, um, and I was the first negative review that came out. And when I say negative, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I said the story sucks. Sounds right. That's about right. Yeah. So I don't think that's that terrible a review. Um, But I got death threats for it. And this was before the movie came out. So the person who was giving me the death threat had not seen it. And then I used to get stuff through. I mean, I got stuff saying my hair was too long. My hair was too short. I was too blonde. I was I had weird colors in my hair. But then it gets really ugly. And then they start sending you death and rape threats all the time. I had one. I was doing a show called Most Craved. And there was one comment and it was about my feet and i feel like your feet yeah people <laughs> like weird feet. people really like feet and i <laughs> apparently there was a thing um uh, this person I, I imagine they thought they were complimenting me but it was the dirtiest thing i've ever read and i went in the next day to film and everybody was laughing when i walked in and i was like so you saw the comment did you <laughs> they're like let me see your feet <laughs> yeah, apparently there's a celebrity foot website and apparently i'm on it i don't know Oh wow! But, you know. Well, now you could just retire. You've made it. I, you did it. You, know, if only... <laughs> you won. <laughs> it was so bizarre. I don't. I don't know. But but I finally, after Gamergate, I stopped reading them all the time. I got. I did yeah. read one though that I think this is my favorite comment. So I I did an uh, an article for on Sci Fi Fangirls um, about Incredibles two and that I love the movie. And this, oh. the comments since been deleted, but I think the response is still there. The person was mad at me for praising a movie that encouraged um, animal abuse. What? Yeah. What? So apparently the raccoon scene really upset them. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fighting a baby. Before I could even say anything, someone else had commented saying, yeah, you know what? I think that's terrible, too. You know, it's also awful how they constantly drop anvils on that coyote. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I don't need to say anything. Someone was faster than I was. I gotta go. Yeah, so, you know. I got glitter to clean up. Yeah, I have to shit right now. I have time for this shit. Anymore. But, but I think if, if for your own mental health, just say, like, today I'm going to give myself the gift of not reading the comments. <laughs> it is good for you. You could just tell from the title. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go back. Yeah, I want to go back to the representation thing because I I actually looked at your blog, uh, Girl Meets Lightsaber. Oh which, yeah, I, think, I haven't done that. I think in a you've while. updated that for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the, but your last but I read your last update and it had the the picture with all the cast, you know, of the new Star Wars movie, and you were like one woman in there. What the hell? Like this is bullshit, or two women, or whatever it was. And um, but I remember also you wrote something about, you know, the lack of female representation in Star Wars. And at the end of your blog, you had kind of like a call to action, you know, to the heads of Lucasfilm and Disney was like, hey, we need more representation in the future of the franchise. Do you feel that they I mean, like, do you feel like they listen? Do you feel like they're kind of they've headed that way or Um... there's still some pushback? Well, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, not fast enough for me, but we're getting there. And, you know, it's funny. When, um, when Rogue One came out and the commercial went up, I posted, I posted it. And I, was, I remember I was getting on a plane, and I looked. The first comment I got was, 
oh my God, another female lead. And I was like, well, no one ever says that about guys, but okay. So have you looked at the trailer? There's two women in it. Everyone else is a man. Every other person in that trailer is a man. And I was like, there's even two Asians in that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can't say like you're representing the world just because you have a female lead. If everyone else in that cast is a guy, you can't say you're representing people of color. If one person in your cast is a person. of color. It seems like women, if you're, if you're the lead, if you're the lead, like if it's like captain Marvel, right? There's a, there's a, couple three women three prominent women in that movie but a lot of them are all guys and it feels like like if you're the lead in the movie like wonder woman right there's really no other females after like the first what 15 minutes of the movie something like that secretary or something like that yeah yeah but but wonder woman counts for like 10 men you can surround her with five guys she counts as 10 but you know i think part of the reason is that i i think because we have a lot of male writers and that's starting to change too but i have a theory on that don't let me forget to tell you what it is um but i think that because we've had a lot of male writers and all of white male writers and a lot of white straight male writers i think we don't often see female friendships i think that for many many years if there were two women they were romantic rivals or one of them was a harridan mother, or there were two women, but they were draped over a guy as like jewelry. And I don't, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of guys really never, like you guys, uh, not you guys, you guys have nothing to do with this. J- just, you know, writers in, in, uh, in Hollywood have often looked at female friendships like all we do is backbite with each other and it's we all, we fight and that's what a female friendship is. And it's not. And most of the, like the women that I know are wonderful and incredibly supportive. But I think that because they don't know how to write that, you don't see it. So if they're, you know, like the Bechtel test, though it wasn't really set up to be like a comprehensive thing, does make a difference. And I was talking to somebody who was writing um, a thing about uh, female superheroes. It was just a sketch. And and they said, um, they're talking about dating a superhero. I was like, could they talk about something other than a guy? Could they talk about their job? Could they literally talk about anything else besides <laughs> guys? Because, you know, I went with some girlfriends for a bachelorette party to, uh, we rented a house in Palm Springs. And oh, nice. we did not talk about men at all. We talked about movies. We talked about books. We watched an OJ documentary. We talked We drank in school. <laughs> we did not talk about men. At, well, okay, so we we all were we did, we're going to go out on the town, and then we saw the documentary, and we started watching it, and that was it. We never left the house. But <laughs> party animals. But but we don't like we really don't talk about guys all the time. But I I really think that's part of it, and I think that. Sometimes a lot of writers are uncomfortable because they they feel like, well, I don't know the female experience. I don't know the experience of someone of color. I don't know. So I think that's important and why we should be opening up writers' rooms. Um, I, I actually had somebody on a podcast once when we were talking. She writes for a Marvel show. And she said she went into a writers' room and she said to the writer, the other writers, because they were like, why do we need a woman in here? And he's like, well, here, she said, here's the scenario. Got a woman walking through a parking garage she reaches into her purse for something. What is it? And they said her keys. She said, why? They said to open her car. And she said, nope. You have a woman alone in a parking garage. She's going to pull out those keys, put them between her fingers, and make a fist out of her hand because you don't know who's following you. 
Yep. Mm. So, and that's an experience as a guy, you probably don't know. Um, you know, or no. I walk down the street with my boyfriend. I remember when we were first dating and he's six, three, he's a big guy. So we're walking down the street and this guy was walking really close to us behind us. And I kept looking behind me and he's like, what are you looking? I was like, that guy is too close. And he's like, well, why does that matter? I'm like, yeah, well, you've never, you've never had to worry about that. You've never thought about yep. it. But if yep. I have to walk with a guy that close behind me, there's a reason he's that close behind me. So mm. I think, I think opening up writers' rooms is important. And I also, the theory I was going to say is that I think that a lot of um, women are starting to get places in writers' rooms because they're less of a, a threat because they. Um, they're probably not going to get sued for sexual harassment and kicked off the show. <laughs> right, right. So, but whatever, women are getting into writers' rooms. So that's good. <laughs> that was a rant. I'm sorry. I just had no, to no. It's no. It's it's definitely no, needed. Great. That was one of the reasons why I I wanted you to come on the show because I knew you had stories and something important to tell. Um, actually, I think for I, I didn't do a count, but I think we've actually had more women interviews on our show than men. I think so too. I am high-fiving you over the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> we had a uh we had a uh what was it? what was that three-part episode we called BJ? Oh, it was called Chew on this uh oh shit. Uh, <laughs> Chew on this gets on their fem- feminine gets, side or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. Right. And Chew we had that. uh Amy Radcliffe. Oh yeah. Uh, My friend. Sarah Sarah Coon. Awesome lady. Uh, and Heidi Moneymaker. Oh, that's so awesome! Was yeah. the three was the three women we got uh, for our uh, our our women in in media? Um, yeah. And Heidi's been really good to us. She's come on the show like three times the last two years after uh, the two the big Marvel movies came Endgame, out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Black Black Widow herself. That's pretty pretty cool. That's really really cool. Uh, so you know Sarah and Amy really well. Yes. Oh, great. Cool. Tell him we said hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually how we got to talk to, I think, Mark Bernardin, too, because... Oh, Mark. Uh, yeah, he's... What a cool guy that... I, mean, I love that him. Was so fun talking to him. He's but, uh, yeah. Um, so you do... A, I mean, obviously, you do a lot of writing. Lots of writing. Yeah. So. You were talking about, because um, this is fascinating to me, the psychology of things. I didn't really get into that until fairly recently. I listened to a couple podcasts um, about like the psychology of Batman and things like that. So you've done some big franchises, done Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Batman, all that stuff. Um, is there any other franchise that you really would like to tackle? And then what was your favorite franchise to work on Ooh. in that series? Um, I really loved doing Daredevil. That was really fun. Oh. Um, and it was cool because Stan Lee did the intro for that. Um, cool. And it was funny because he did that one and he did Captain America versus Iron Man. And I, I said, Stan, will you do the intro to the book? And he's like, I don't write things. So you just interview me and then you make it into an intro. <laughs> so, I guess he so can do that right. at this point. He's like, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, right. <laughs> it, was, it was it was great, and I was like, "That is fine." Well, I get to talk to Stan, whatever. So, um, Game of Thrones was a really interesting one to do, um, but Westworld, I think, was and Wonder Woman was great too. But I think Westworld was was interesting because partially because the show is fascinating, um, partially because I just I'm I feel like I discovered Lisa Joy many many years ago. I used to sub on G four um, for. Um, 
uh, I used to do fresh ink with Blair Butler mm-hmm. and I'd sub her sometimes and I, I, or I'd co-host with her and I brought in a book called a comic book called headache and Lisa joy wrote it. And I didn't know who she was cause she didn't have Nolan on her last, you know, last name. I had no idea who she was. So but I, <laughs> someone sent it to me and I loved it so much. It's about a girl who is in an asylum, but she finds out she's a goddess and it was so awesome. So she thanked me on Twitter and I had no idea she was. And then I saw her name and I was like, oh, that's le- okay. The <laughs> um, so Westworld is fascinating because I had to write my, my chapter um, very quickly. So I had to marathon 17 episodes oh, in one well, day and a half, I- which will mess your brain up. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe one day you can explain to me what the fuck that show's about. Because, like, oh, I, can. I can tell you all the, the second things. season, I was so lost. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's heavy. It is dense and it is deep. And I am. But I, I love it. Like, I absolutely love yeah. it. So that one was cool. Doing the Joker was really cool. Um, so we've just done so many. And Doctor Who was cool because Doctor Who is very close to my heart. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, but as far as one I'd like to do that I haven't, yeah, I would, and and they'll never do it, but I'd love to do World of Warcraft. Oh, Um, interesting. Because I played for years, I've taken a short break, but I love World of Warcraft, and it's this, it's just incredible, and they, they, it's funny, I covered BlizzCon before I had ever played, and I went down, and they showed, they told me I should wear a murloc on my head, so I bought a stuffed (laughs) murloc on my head, and I can make a murloc noise, wait, let me do it. Oh, hey, that's pretty oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I played a lot. Um, we're getting so, a lot of sound bites tonight. Yeah, we're using that. Oh, I, I'll give you more. Um, I actually interviewed Jamie Lee Curtis for um, for a magazine for Birth Movies Death for the Alamo Draft House, and uh, Jamie she played. Lee Curtis. And I asked her. Um, I was like, I know you play World of Warcraft, Horde, or Alliance, and she was like, what? For the Horde, baby. No way. <laughs> I did not know Jamie Lee played. Yeah. That makes her so much hotter. Doesn't it? I know. (laughs) So, but yeah, I'd love to do that. I just, because the thing about World of Warcraft is there's so much lore involved. Like I've read every book that was written, like Christine Golden books, all that stuff uh, about the the mythology around it, the in-game mythology. Like I'm fascinated by it. And I think there's a, there's a real psychology to people who play. And I, when I went to that first BlizzCon, I interviewed this older, this older lady, she's probably in her sixties. And I was just on the floor with a microphone and I said, like, so why do you play? And she said, well, my son started playing and he's in the military and he was in Iraq. Oh, my God. And so they played online. It was amazing. Like, they played online. So that was how they could talk. So they'd chat while they were playing together. And I was like, so great. I know. I I have to ask you a question. Then what did you think? I mean, (laughs) I hate to kind of bring things down now, but what did you think of the movie? Okay, so the movie. So I got to go to the set. Um, and it was, it was the set, first of all, was crazy because there were only two of us out of the entire group that played World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. So as we were walking through, I saw the kind of work that went into it. Like the, the crates were exactly what you saw in game there. Wow. Like the, we got to play with horses that were wearing Alliance armor. I got to see the mm. Griffin armor, like everything. Like they took so much time and went into so much detail, but what I think and I don't know if the studio, if it was the studio sort of messing with stuff, but Duncan Jones like loves this stuff. And he, yeah, was, he was obsessed. He loved that. Loved so much. He, he came running up. He had to good us. intentions. Yeah. And he came running up to us. They were filming this battle scene and he's like, you guys are pressed. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. 
he's like, I have to show you. I just got a test for this. And he showed us one of the um, the tests for a piece of um, special effects work that they were doing on his phone. Like, I think I think they could have picked different lore. I think some of the casting was a little odd. Um, but I think for fans of the game, it was it was fun. I don't that's think it kinda, was good, but it was fun. That's, that's what I got out of it. I mean, I, I'm watching the thing from a view of, like, I, I didn't play World of Warcraft, but I know about it. I have friends that play it, and I was interested in the movie because I thought, well, <coughs> as a movie maker, you're going to make something that is, like, like fan service, but at the same time, you're making it for people that have no clue what this is. Which because, is difficult. Yeah, which is extremely difficult. So my friends that played the game... They're like, this movie was amazing. They're like, it did everything that, you know, I was hoping for and all that stuff. And I looked at it and I was like, this, this I don't know what, the, this is yeah. a colossal failure. Like, if this you don't know bad. what you're looking at, like, you know? that's a yeah. lot of messed up stuff. And, yeah. but, you know, for, for somebody like me who's been playing for so many years, like, I look at this stuff and go, oh, my, I know that lore. But, you know, it's funny, Um, weirdly enough, when I met my boyfriend, He's he's an actor and a writer and an, um, a director and storyboard artist. And so he did I should say his name. It's Jeffrey Henderson and he's Planet yep. Henderson online. So um, nice. but but he actually had storyboarded when Sam Raimi was going to do the, the film. He storyboarded it what the, what they were originally pitching. I had oh, wow. no idea Sam Raimi was going to do yeah. that. That would have been a different <laughs> movie. Yeah. And weirdly enough, um, I was at the BlizzCon where they announced it. And he was there too, and so we were before we ever met. We were like in the same room, and oh my god! So hmm. yeah, but it, or he was just stalking you again. Well, but it was it was really interesting. Like he also did this stuff for Spider Man Four. Like I don't know if you saw. Um, I think it was like last year or something like that. Um, they finally released a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that was all yeah. his his work. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All those I would have loved boards. to have seen that movie. Darn it! Yeah. I would have liked to have seen that. Oh yeah, the stuff they had was great. But yeah, that was all his work. But but yeah, he. So they had an interesting story. And the thing is, I think you really could do some great stuff. I think there's so much lore. Like, you know, if you go into, um, like, God, there's just so many characters. Like, could Jaina Proudmore would be a really interesting one to do. But I, I think. I think there's just they just tried to jump into a story without explanation. I also think they waited a little too long to do it um, when if they had done it with, when it was at its height, when it had the most subscribers. I think you also would have gotten a, a better response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like every time I saw a trailer for a new piece of the game, the trailers looked amazing. They looked I was like, oh, shit, why didn't they do like I, I didn't understand the live action thing. I'm like, why didn't they do this? Because the CG animation thing that they would do in the trailers or the cutscenes in the game, I was like, that looks badass. Like, oh, yeah. do that, you know, but they wanted it. They wanted to make it live action. And, you know, I, I didn't get it because I think they were trying to build a, this large world without really concentrating on a, on a more intimate story. Like, you know, like. Vic yeah. and I always mention John Wick. You know, John Wick is like one of those movies where they just made this intimate kind of movie about a guy and has lost his dog and his wife and all that. And then they opened it up even more as each movie progressed. And that's sometimes I think people do is that they're like, oh, let's just throw everything in the kitchen sink at him, you know, and, and build this and, and, you know, tease all this shit we want to do later. But they don't they forget to concentrate on what they're doing. You know, they're. 
the the story that they're working on. Just just work yeah, on that story. And I mean, I think honestly, later, I think the you know? best thing they could have done with the story is is work on the Forsaken, um, which are like the undead, um, and Lady mm. Sylvanas Windrunner, who's this amazing character who used to be an elf and, well, still, I mean, is an elf, but she became the the leader of the undead and it's this really tragic story. But I think it would have, I think you can connect to that more. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't think, and also I I told you guys over email, but I can't watch the John Wick movies because there's a dog in it. Um, Well, it's, oh, it, wait a minute. You have to, listen, you have <laughs> to get, it's just that first part. The rest of it, it. I can't do it. Oh, my. Well, I then just watch the third movie because it has two dogs in it and it's awesome. Oh, my God. It's the opposite. But I, mean, I know so about the cool. other thing and I can't. I And I, I love him and I, I love action movies. Like, I am a huge fan of, like, The Raid. Or I don't know if you've ever seen the um, the martial arts movie Chocolate. No, not that one, no. You mean Chocolate? No. There's martial arts in that one. No, this one's about a young girl um, who's autistic, who's a fighter, and it is mind-blowing. Oh, man, you have to find that. Oh, my God. Chocolate, huh? Not the Johnny Depp movie. Okay. No, it is messed up. Or like the Ip Man movies or stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Ip Man's great. Yeah, so I love action movies. I'm a big, big fan, but I can't watch that one because of the <coughs> And I can't, like, I need, you know the website Does the Dog Die? Like, I need that because it's an animal <laughs> in the movie. I, I know something's going to happen to it because otherwise why would you put it in? And it upsets me. And But I can't, so that site doesn't actually work for me because I see movies early. So Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. So, so I, while you were saying all that, I just kept thinking BJ is sitting down watching Shock a lot, waiting for this little girl to come out, and just watching the whole movie. Like, when the fuck is this little girl going to come out? I tweet Jenna, and I'm like, she's full of shit, man. I'm like, the, the little girl never fucking showed up. I just watching this whole thing with Johnny Depp. No, there is a little girl. She just doesn't fight in that one. It's a love story. I'm like, how is this kick ass? I know. No, it's from, from, I'm looking here, it's from 2008. Um, And it's just, it's just incredible. Um, Is she as good as the the little, the girl who played uh, X-23 in Logan? Yes. Oh, God. Okay, now I'm going to watch it. She trained for two years. Okay, okay. You've sold us. Because yeah. I love the little girl, the girl, not little, but the girl from Logan. Oh, oh yeah. my God. So incredible. Yeah, I want she's that incredible. movie so bad. Awesome. Okay, yes, you, you watch, watch Chocolate. I wrote uh, it down. By the way, the tagline is Taste the Fury. Just ignore that. <laughs> There's a reason they call it Chocolate, but it, it makes total sense. I'm on the fence <laughs> until you told me the tagline. Now I have to taste, watch it. Taste the Fury. <laughs> 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 isn't that that's like a soda tagline isn't it i think so. oh taste the rainbow taste the rainbow that's skittles i was way off skittles it is it's seriously mind-blowing that sounds amazing okay we talked we we just hinted on game of thrones earlier what the hell you've seen the whole season right oh yes Okay, so we were in Celebration Chicago when the first episode landed, and we all, of course, everybody that was at that convention was at their hotel watching that shit. Yeah. Um, but we watched it, and we loved the first episode, and we and really liked the second episode. Fantastic. And then the third episode happened, and then it was like, woo, you know, what? 
what was your take on that? What uh, did you read the books first of all? Because oh I, yeah, I read okay. the books way back. Like I've been okay. involved with this for like twenty years. So I, I not to date myself, but I remember I this was before Kindle that I read this book, and oh so I remember God. my friend telling me, handing me the book, and he said. You're going to want to throw it against the wall. I was like, I don't throw books. I've been a giant. I read James Michener when I was a little kid. Like, I'm a crazy bookworm. But I threw the book against the wall. I dented my wall. I had to pay for that when I left New York. And <laughs> I, you can't throw books anymore because when they're on your Kindle. Like, it's because they hurt the dire wolf, right? Is it because some of them died? No, it wasn't the dire wolf this time. It was Ned Stark. I was like, what? what? Oh, yeah. Kill the main guy right off the bat. Well, it was Sean Bean. As soon as you saw Sean Bean yeah, yeah, on Game of Thrones, yeah. I was like, oh, you're fucking dead by the end oh, of the season. <laughs> I know it. I um, but, but so I've been involved for a long time. Like, I've been a huge fan. So when I heard mm-hmm. they were doing okay. this, I was so excited. And I was so excited for Arya because Arya's always my – I have Arya's sword on my wall. Like, oh no! That should tell you the level of fandom. Her and Tyrion are my favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. I, and so I was when they announced the last two seasons were going to be truncated. I was like, "That's bad. That's a bad move. You can't mm-hmm. do that. The pacing that you've had for the past few seasons, like you, you just can't speed it up." And I, I could handle last season, but this season it was just too much. Like mm-hmm. there are certain things, like say, okay, James, like I'll buy any decision they made if they justify it. Yes, yep. I that's, agree. That's at the and they didn't justify it. So like you've got like I'll buy that Jamie, you know, fell in love with Brienne or wanted to sleep with Brienne, or was happy with Brienne, and I also buy that he left. He thought I'm a bad person. I I belong with Cersei. I'll buy that. I don't buy that it happens in a single episode. Yeah, and I feel like they were missing scenes. Like if you had had the normal pace, you'd have Jamie with his whole, finishing his whole redemption arc. And then falling off the wagon. So he's like, oh, Brienne, you're an amazing person. I love you. We're together. It's cool. I'm part of the North now. And and then start as he's feeling happy, starting to have the guilt creep in. I can't be happy. How could I be happy? I've been, I'm a terrible person. And then I buy that he leaves and she's like crying, not just because, oh, this guy that I'm in love with is leaving, but more like you're not a bad person. How could you go back? How could you take away? Like it's because he, he saw a little boy and a little, like a brother and sister holding hands. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. I miss Cersei. I'll buy the decision. I just won't buy the way it's done. Like yeah, with I Arya, <laughs> like I absolutely buy that. She was like, you know what? You're right. Hound. This is not a good path for me. I want something else out of my life and just murder. I buy that she turned around, but I didn't see the scene where she and Sansa react to John's parentage. Not that that mattered in the end anyway. I'll, right. I I miss the scene where she says goodbye and what she's going to do. I miss the scene on the road where the hound says, look, this is what's happened to me since we last saw each other. Don't do this. Right. Like, this is not your life. And Arya saying, nope, this is my this is my plan. This is my destiny. This is what I'm doing. And then finally... At the last moment when he says, don't be like me, go live your life. Then I buy the, yeah, all right, I'm going to do that. But it was just too fast. It was, and, it was fast. It, it was really then, fast. Yeah, and then I also don't buy stuff like, so, like, and I think a lot of the stuff with Weiss and Benioff, brilliant as they are, when they when they say stuff after episodes like, well, the Iron Fleet, Daenerys forgot about them. I'm like, no, she did not forget about them. You forgot about them. Right. Because in that episode, there's a <laughs> on the table with the Iron Fleet. And they're like, look, the Iron Fleet is here. She did not forget about the Iron Fleet. And then 
she's they're gonna they're gonna shoot they kill her dragon they have to reload those things those are heavy she has time to go behind them and burn them all to death right but that didn't happen until later it did because plot it's sort of like in the hobbit when the dragon is it's like smog is blowing the fire and the gold is not melting right that's laying on it's not melting and then later on because plot his fire melts gold yep so no, I, I agree everything I'm, I'm watching this thing and i could just see like i saw so many memes that just made me laugh because i was thinking about the same thing but one of the memes that really made me laugh because i thought of it i i I swear to God, I was like sitting in bed, lying in bed, going like those motherfuckers. They probably got that Star Wars job a long time ago. Yeah, I think they would just want to work on Star Wars. They're just really just chomping at the bit to get this shit done and work on Star Wars. That was like yeah, one of my things. And I saw so many memes that just I was like, no way. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, what's really funny. There was a video today. Um, I'm just looking because I sent it. It's a it's on dig today. But it won't be later. So I'm trying to find the exact um the exact site. Um, so it's a painfully accurate parody of the pitch meeting for the final season of Game of Thrones. Oh God! I think it's Screen Rant. Um, <laughs> you have to, it's so funny. Like, wait, wait, she couldn't do that before. Okay, well, Arya's on the horse, and the horse. Oh, lots of people are going to speculate on the horse. That's cool. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And then also, right, where did the horse right. take her? Like, she's still in the city. Like, he walked a few feet, and she's like, thanks, horse. That was cool. Uh, we, we we studied that scene so much. We're like, something. It's got to mean something. And it felt like Lost. Yeah. It felt like Lost again in X-Files. <laughs> yeah. It felt like fucking X-Files. I'm like, that means something. Nope. It doesn't mean shit. <laughs> so uh, Arya and Grey Worm just show up at the top of those steps. Like, you just saw Grey Worm killing all the all of Cersei's men. Yes. And then, and then once his face was like, let's go talk to the queen. John walks this whole, he walks the entire length of King's Landing, yes. gets to the stairs, and Grey Worm's at the top. Because I would be like, how the fuck did you get up there? <laughs> here, I guess. I don't know. And, and it's, and like, the whole thing with, with Daenerys, like, I know people go back and forth on it. Um, and I know there was stuff laid down about how ruthless she is. But ruthless and mad are not the same. And she went full Anakin. Yeah, yeah they were watching Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. yeah, and like, but it's funny because even in Tyrion's speech to John, he says, like, all right, she killed people in Marine, but they were bad men. Or she killed people in Slaver's Bay, and they were bad men. But these were these were women and children. So I don't buy that when, like, if you had literally done anything else, like if, if they hadn't surrendered, if the bells hadn't rung, and they were like, please ring the bells, please ring the bells, and she starts burning. And then the bells start ringing, and she's already flaming and doesn't stop. I'll even buy that. I'd buy it if... She said might equals right in all her weird Nazi speech anytime at any point beforehand. But she's like, you know what? This thing I have, this mission I have for the throne, I'm going to put it aside to help the North beat the Night King because he was apparently hard to beat. Um, and, (laughs) And so she put it aside. So, like, I don't buy that she's completely ruthless and focused on destruction. There just wasn't. No, it it wasn't enough. Like, Vic and I were talking about, like, how it would have been at least semi-interesting if she, while she's sitting there staring at the keep that she starts going back over her mind all the shit yeah. that she had to deal with to get there yep. and then when those bells ring it just she every snaps. time yeah like what i was saying was every time a, the bell rings you see something happening like, like you see in her mind or something. and then like the last bell is is what's her face getting beheaded 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even voiceovers, like as she's sitting there, the first spell, she hears her brother's voice, and then she hears. Oh, right, right. So, yeah. See what I mean? Already, already better writing. <laughs> like, yeah, or like the sorcerer's voices, or you know, Masendi's voice, or you know, or Sir Jorah, and like then I will buy it. But but they couldn't do that because that would have been a momentary thing, and she would have had some regret for that, and they couldn't let her have regret because. You know, that scene, and, and it's not her fault. It's not Amelia Clark's fault. Like, in that scene that she has with Jon Snow, like, you can see she's, like, got this joy on her face. Like, you listen, we did it. It's so cool. And my right. uh, my brother used to tell me about this throne. And so, and you could just see this joy on her face. And so. It, it was like a Sith that. Lord. It was like a Sith Lord trying to bring him over to the dark side. Like, come join me. And he's like, no. Yeah, but well, he doesn't like, even <laughs> think she's on the dark side. But it, So it doesn't, it just yeah. doesn't make sense that she's fighting for freedom, ruthless as she is. And then she murders civilians. Like, even if it was just she was going after all of the soldiers and accidentally killed civilians. I'd even buy that. But right. it well, John, John was going to let her live, but she said that one thing that just that he's like, nope. He's like, I, I got to kill you now. It was the uh, it was the, the line about uh, no yeah. choices. Yeah. No choices. Uh, but the whole yeah. the whole for me anyway, like when they when they finally got together or not finally, but they got together last season, there was a lot of cheering going on. But when you look back at it, the speed, the speed yeah. at which she fell in love from season seven to season eight um, didn't make any sense to me because, like before, before she was you know a Dothraki queen or whatever, before she was Khaleesi, you know she was a vulnerable young woman, and then after he dies, she is this like I'm better than any man. I don't need any man. You have to prove that you're worth it to me. John does right. nothing no. to prove his love. So, and all of a sudden, they're just starstruck, like, lovers. Right. You know, star-crossed lovers. And I'm like, where the fuck did that happen? Well, part of the right. problem with that is that she – the thing that she's supposed to love about him is that he's such a good and honorable man. And if that's something she loves in somebody, you fall in love with people in a way, I think, sometimes, like, what you want to be, whether it's more rebellious or a better person or you, you mm. want to reflect that person. And so she wants to reflect this very honorable man – then that doesn't make sense for her the character arc they gave her. And the other thing is, you've got Kit Harrington who's got this incredible chemistry with Egret, and I mean, obviously they got married, so right, you know that's right, a right. big deal. But then he has absolutely zero chemistry with Amelia Clark, and I know they're good friends and all of that, but there was no chemistry. So, in addition to what you said about how fast they fell in love. They've also got um, this weird, uncomfortable, like they look like they're going to giggle when they kiss. Right. And <laughs> yeah. so there's no, like it doesn't, it takes away a lot of the impact of that scene because you don't, it just makes Jon Snow look stupid when he's like, but she's our queen, but she's our queen. Like if he was desperately in love with her and you could feel how much he was in love with her, like the, the, the soul tearing that it would be to say, I have to kill the woman I love. But, like, if you spent the past three episodes with him going, you know what? It's squicky that you're my aunt and I can't sleep with you. (laughs) Right, it is. I know, then I can't can't buy that your soul is being crushed. Like, you're already pulling yourself away from her. Right. So, like, I was talking to my mom about this today because my mom also watches Game of Thrones. And I was telling her. And so she, when I was, I said, Mom, it's, it's squicky, right? And she's like, I don't even know what that word is. But, yes. Um, so, <laughs> it sounds close to icky. Yeah. So, but and it is, and I think that 
Also, I found out they didn't because it, actually, if there's a great podcast called The Cast of Kings that Joanna Robinson I, and David I listened to that, yeah. It's yep. wonderful. And it's, and Joanna, you know, she was saying stuff about like how he, like he just looks like an idiot because of that. Yeah. You don't, yeah. never, yeah. no one's ever bought that love affair. No one's ever bought that relationship. They reduced his character to just taking shit from everybody. Like everybody, yeah. everybody feels like they know more than Jon Snow. He came yeah. back from the fucking dead, man. Give that guy some respect. Oh, well, and then they just sort of dropped all of it, like that whole Aegon Targaryen thing. Then that's that's just like that. Ma- that didn't matter. That was like the whole thing that started the, the prince yeah. that promised. Yeah, the prince that was promised. Yeah, and, uh, like all the, the prophecies just went down. The there was no payoff. Like, no, and the no. whole Lord of Light thing, like, what is that supposed to say? Like, that is is the all religion, and I mean, I I analyze stuff to death, but is all the religion bullshit in the in the Seven Kingdoms? Like, is it just magic, or what are you saying? Like, if you're mm-hmm. saying the whole time the Melisandre's got this power because of the Lord of Light, then where does that that never play that never pays off? So you're just saying it's magic, and if there's magic, there's tons of those priests and priestesses everywhere, and they didn't think, like, there were tons of them in the last place she was ruling. She could have said, you know what, that'd be really cool. Why don't you guys come with me, and we can go kill stuff? So, you know, and then the Dothraki, which all disappeared and then came back because plot, and then all the ground (laughs) people are yelling, like, yay, the the Nazi lady's really smart, and we love her. (laughs) <laughs> like, that seems weird too <laughs> yeah because they're what Saxons? is that what you're saying and like you know and then you've also got gray worm who's got this beautiful arc going from an unsullied to finding his humanity again and falling in love with Masende, and then and he then he his shit aside yeah and yeah. then he just turns into this kind of like bad guy and when she dies i buy that but then i don't buy that he stays that way you yeah, know, there's no there's well, no suffering other than just anger and revenge. Well, and he doesn't really have any bite either. He tells Tyrion like, "Hey, shut up and whatever," and then just lets him talk. What? Tyrion's like, "Well, who has a better story than Bran? Literally anyone, any other character." <laughs> 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 That's another one that they messed up on. Yeah, like, I mean, I'll, if you can justify Bran as king, that's fine. Like, I'll buy that he's king. But I, I don't buy that it's because his story's interesting because, my God, he was the most boring part of that show. Oh, well, it's because he, like, carries the memories and all that. Well, then let him sit in the room and, like, write our stories yeah, down. Yeah, he doesn't tell anybody any of the memories. Like, he was just <laughs> warging into stuff for absolutely no reason. Like, and thanks for warging into the fucking dragon, by the way, when we needed it most. Yes, why are you <laughs> warging the dragon and stop it, my God? Make it stop. Stop it. So, I did love the, the thing with Drogon, though, and I, I saw some meme of Drogon and Ghost and, yes. the, like, Hanging out. two of the goodest boys, and <laughs> that, like, I want to see that spinoff about the goodest boys hanging out together. Right. And also, yeah. why does Arya, like, I'm so psyched that she's pirate Arya now, and she's the Dread Pirate Roberts, and that's great, but, <laughs> yeah. and I did not make that up, that came from a meme I saw. But, I did see that on your wall. Yes, that was a good one. But why? Um, but why does she need to know what's what's west of Westeros? Can't Bran tell her? Oh, right. <laughs> why, also, why does he need a master of whispers if he knows everything? You know what's you know what's weird is is when Bran says um, like uh, when Tyrion is nominating him to be king, 
and he says, you know, do you want it? And Bran says back to him, that's the reason why I came here. I'm like, wait a minute. Now you just seem creepy as fuck that you knew all this shit was going to happen just so your ass could sit on the throne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know how Isaac Hempstead Wright actually did those crazy scenes where he like stares through you? Yeah. Apparently he can't see shit without his glasses. So he would take his glasses off while he was doing the scene. He couldn't see anybody he was talking to. Right. Uh, he just looks like, uh, yeah. Still, looks like doesn't, still doesn't mean he should be king. No, <laughs> That's even no. worse. No, and like I, said, I can, I will buy any decision that a writer makes if you justify it. Yeah. You justify it, I buy it. And like, so there's this article that my friend, so Dr. Janina Scarlett wrote, um, I think it's up on Sci-Fi Fangirls, about why um, why the Daenerys' turn was such a, a traumatic thing for a lot of viewers. And there's something called parasocial relationships where people become very attached to fictional characters. And it's a, it's a really positive relationship because unlike an actual friend, like if you watch a character going through something that you're going through, you don't have to like say, oh, I don't want to say too much because I might bother them or you don't have to worry about their judgment or that they'll be too busy to talk to you. Like this is a relationship that can sometimes be deeper than one that you would have with an actual person because of the lack of judgment. So when a lot of trauma survivors watch somebody like Daenerys and they watch her go from somebody who was abused and tor- and like, Twi- twisted history and lost her husband and all this stuff and and you know raped multiple times like you you see her turn into this really powerful woman so to see her turn with no provocation then tells the the trauma survivor in a way like and, and it's a subconscious thing but it tells the trauma survivor like maybe I'm crazy too you know it, it's really it's really difficult and so if you can't justify that, because like if you can justify it, if you give her a reason, then the trauma survivor watches that character and says, okay, that's a decision I wouldn't make, but I understand, but that's a decision I wouldn't make. But if you don't give her any reason for that, it, it takes away from everything, you know? And it, so it's, it actually is a, a psychological thing. Like there are people, there's, there's all these joking articles about their therapist standing by, but a lot of people actually do need to process this. Like think about what you thought when Dumbledore died, spoilers. Um, yeah. It, well, it okay. We well, in the book or that. in the TV? The um, book was in the awesome. movie. The, book. the movie pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, no, the book. The book. The book was. I cried. Oh, yeah, I did, I did too. too. Yeah, I used to stand at those midnight book releases. It was me and like a thousand children, and I'm there in my scarf. <laughs> my at the time it was Gryffindor because that was before they changed the test, and now I'm You're pushing off. kids out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> They're small. They're so you're like out of the way, muggles. You're sticking your <laughs> wand in their face, like move it, like Dudley, move it, fat yeah, ass. It's fine. Um, you pulled. You went all umbrage on them. I may, have, I may have. I wore all pink. No, um, I, but I really do. I think that's a like that. That is a as a character that you really felt something for, and so people were very upset at the death and. So, you know, people still to this day, after all the years of movies and books, like we still go to Harry Potter World. I have a Ravenclaw phone case. Like, Man, I haven't gone yet. I'm, I want to go so Oh, it's bad. amazing. I've got a Ravenclaw robe because when my friend Janina got married, um, I was one of the bridesmaids. And so we had to wear our house robes. Oh, oh nice. So it was cool. awesome. It was awesome. So, yes, I, and, you know, and, and so that matters. And so when Daenerys changes like that and people are mad, you know. I know the petition's stupid and all of that, but but when you put a story out, you're 
it's not just your story anymore. It's other people's stories. Yeah. And if you yeah. can't justify they take ownership. Yeah, if what you can't justify what you've done, then you can't be surprised by the response. I you know, I think I've I've heard the actual opposite argument from uh writers and creators too that um where they they say like it's you think when people fans have a thing where they think they can take ownership of it when it's out in the open, but it's really still, you know, the writer's baby, basically. And so that's kind of funny that you're saying it from your point of view as a reviewer. And, and we do the same thing, me and BJ do with the show, but a writer on the opposite side says, no, it's not really yours. Well, it's, you know, it's still mine. I'm writing a novel right now and I'm almost done with it. Um, and really? it, yeah. And it's, so I, you know, while I've been writing this, it's been interesting because I thought, well, uh, like when it comes out, sure, people can critique the hell out of it if they want to. But if I've done my job and I've justified what the character choices are, then then you can you can I think you have the right to complain about decisions that were made. But I think you I think the the thing that that bothers me is is their response to critiquing their the way you storytell. So if you're if your storytelling technique is not good, then that's what I'm criticizing. That's what I think, you know. Did you watch did you watch all the behind like the oh, yeah. like right after yeah. Because like I would watch the show, I'd be like, oh, I'm so pissed. And then these guys would come on and I have respect for them. I mean they really they, they took this thing and made it a culture phenomenon. Oh yeah. But but it got to a point where they were outlasting the books, so they had to like make it, you know, and it, it was a, a very tough task. Oh, of I mean I, I, I but I start hearing them talking. And I'm just like, no, nah, that's bullshit. Yeah. I, that's I don't I don't buy that. I'm sorry, you know. I like to me again. There's a collective like a bunch of people out there that are just like Star Wars, kaching, kaching. Like fuck this. Like I'm done with this thing now. Like we need to move on yeah. to something new. Yeah, like you can you know? complain that I don't think that Luke would have done whatever, or I don't think that Ray would have done whatever. Like that'll make sense. But if you've justified it in your story correctly. Then that's the like that's the critique. So I think there's a difference between. I, so yeah. are you saying there, there is, you're you're on the side of I don't buy Luke would have just gave oh, up? Oh no no I I I I loved the last movies. I'm I'm totally fine with it. except for the weird the weird Harry Potter thing in the middle of the casino planet. I don't. Yeah. That By the way, if you watch that movie. again, listen to the music. That's the Harry Potter music. That's the Harry Potter sequence. Yeah, it's yeah, it's John. Yeah, it's John Williams sounding very much like uh, the the Harry Potter. Theme yeah, that he and um, I noticed that. Yeah, too. and I think also like if you're looking at something like say the episode that was so dark, like I couldn't see it on my television. I couldn't see half that episode. Yeah, and it was tough. you know when you've got someone come out from the show and say, well, people aren't aren't calibrating their TVs correctly. Like, if your job is storytelling, and half your audience can't see what you've done. You are not doing your job. And if right. you're a, a cinematographer or you work with lighting and all of that stuff, then you have to know that some people's televisions are not going to show that. You have to know that most streaming services I, can't handle that, yeah, that level of Exactly. Yeah. Like when you get the Blu-ray, you're not going to have that no. problem. Uh, the, it's the streaming. Yeah. Like I've got a really good TV because I'm a giant nerd and I have it calibrated perfectly. Every light was off in my house, but I watched it at a high streaming time. And so I couldn't see anything. I watched it a few hours later and I could see it a lot better. But, but then you can't, you can't complain that your audience isn't doing right. Like if you're say, so Jeff, in addition to all his other jobs was a musician for many years and he still is. And so when you're mixing a song, 
you mix it in highest fidelity that you can. But before you release the song, you play it over crappy headphones. If it doesn't yep. sound good yep. the way most, yeah, most people are going to listen to it, then it isn't then it isn't good. It ultimately isn't good. They don't they don't have two hundred dollar headphones, most people, so yeah, that yeah it was an elitist sense. thing to say. Like it's it's just really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. <laughs> what your butler didn't calibrate your TV? <laughs> sorry. What the fuck is I wrong with you? <laughs> and like and also we're not talking about network television here. We're talking about a service that people pay for pay for so it better look good yeah damn it i was kind of on the opposite side where i didn't really mind the darkness um from where i was watching it kind of added to it but um i just i just don't like the fact that i waited fucking seven seasons for winter and it ended like that's the shortest that's the longest fall and the shortest winter ever (laughs) i know know, seriously no you know it's it's funny when i watched it three hours later then the darkness seemed very much a narrative choice but when i watched it the first time i couldn't see anything Anything? And I mean, yeah. I had my glasses on. I was sitting at the exact, like, we have the TV set up so it is the exact dis- distance it should be. So, you know, there. We are almost the same person. <laughs> yes, like, I'm really nerdy about that stuff. And so right. I couldn't see it. Half the people can't see it. Then then you didn't do your job. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when did when did the when did the red witch and the whole amulet thing come into play? Because didn't she take a bath earlier in the she did. season and and didn't have the the amulet well, on? And she told all she turned all you know yeah. old and yeah, <laughs> that was an inconsistency, in much like the Starbucks cup and the two water bottles. I guess I know it wasn't Starbucks. Yeah, the they just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh fuck this, fuck I off. Know, we have friends who work on this show, so we know like there's a lot of people who work on that show. So how that got past every single person? I mean, I didn't see it, but how? I but even if you saw it in post. Yes. You have yeah, a fucking yeah. flying dragon. Just digitally take it yeah. out. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's the thing. Like I've been on movie sets, especially you know when I used to be an actor and when I used to do makeup. Like I was on a lot of sets and I visit a lot of sets. And I like you can't like when we walk through sets, we cannot touch anything. I have to wear sneakers yep. and not hard soles shoes, so we don't make any noise. Like you can't. You can't like there are people that specifically come in to take those things away. So how that There's, got past everybody is beyond me. And yeah, like it's what back to back uh, two out of three the two out of three last episodes, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just gave up. Yeah, <laughs> like they're we're like, writing Star Wars right now. We don't have time. They might have, have time to look at this. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I see a goddamn Starbucks cup. And the next Star Wars movie, I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> Did you guys hear they announced Knights of the Old Republic that Lita That's what I heard. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, don't believe, I don't believe anything until it's on StarWars.com. I, I, I want that to be true. I love uh, that video game. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's the best Star Wars game ever made. It is. Bar none. It is. And I'm so mad at Bioware for announcing, uh, you know, the... Star Wars game online instead of when I heard that Bioware was going to do it for next gen, I, I thought it was going to be a, like a, a follow up or some kind of story that was in the Knights of the Real Republic as a whole campaign. Yeah. And then they said MO, you know, MMO, and I'm like, ah, fuck. I know. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I didn't want that either. You know, it's funny. I had um, my my character was female and she had a ponytail because I like my characters all to look like me. Like my blood elf in World of Warcraft looks like me. My <laughs> nice. human pa- retribution paladin looks like me. So, of course, my Darth Revan lo- looked like, you know, looks like me. So, 
But there was this thing with object permanence. It's like one of my pet peeves with video games. And I mean, it was a long time ago, but when she, you know, the scenes where she'd wake up from the dream and mm-hmm. she, her head would be tossing on the pillow and the ponytail was going through the pillow. Yep. Yep. Literally my only critique of the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that. But everything else is like 100 percent. Everything. I had never been so blow, blown away by a story in a video game till that game. Oh, oh man. And the twi- twi- yeah, it's it's really good. That they, they really need to. I'm hoping that's what they do. We've been talking about that for years. We've been talking about an Obi-Wan movie. We've been talking about a Soka movie. Well, an Obi-Wan movie specifically with Ewan McGregor, nobody else. Oh, nobody else. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So you must love, uh, did you like the Mass Effect series? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't play it quite as much. Um, that was when Mass Effect was out. I did play, but then I was, I was very much um, in Azeroth and World of Warcraft. <laughs> when I did that BlizzCon, um, they sent me the game, and I hadn't played. Um, and I had a, a friend, Chad Collins. He's an actor, so he he, he said. You have that in your house and you're not playing it. I'll be over in 10 minutes. And he came over and he (coughs) set me up and I started playing. And that was, that was, that was all she wrote. Yeah. I have, I have a small problem. (laughs) I have a worgen that looks like me when she's not a, a, when she hasn't transformed. She looks like, it's just sad, really. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a nice problem to have. (laughs) (laughs) They all have blonde ponytails. (laughs) (laughs) um gosh we talked about so much stuff my head is just spinning i i love all this stuff i mean we're we're just major nerds too and we grew up on i'm actually the same age as you so i i've i saw star wars you know in the movie theater the first one i've seen every one of them in the theater multiple times yes you know i wore um, footy pajamas to the first one (laughs) did you really i was very very little my parents took me. I don't. I don't remember seeing um, a New Hope in the theater. I know I was there. I know I was told I was there. I yeah. also wore footy pajamas to Empire I, Strikes Back. I remember the opening scene with the the Star Destroyer going overhead. I I won't ever forget that. But the rest of the movie is kind of a blur. But I won't forget that. And then later on, I went back and saw it. They put like Hardware Wars in front of it. Uh-huh. Like really weird. Yeah, fifteen minute like parody thing. Yeah. So I remember that. But Empire I saw in LA and we stood in line for like four hours to get in this like massive twelve hundred seat theater or something like that. Oh and I don't I won't forget that either. But my mom bought me Twizzlers and I ate the entire package of Twizzlers and then I threw up Twizzlers for the entire night <laughs> after. So I will never forget that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think? I mean, because I remember this. Even at seven years old, when that when he says, "I know I'm your father," did that? I mean, did that have any effect on you? Oh, blew as my a seven-year-old? mind! Right, blew my mind. I was, however, spoiled for Luke and Leia being related. Um, that was the first spoiler I remember. I remember my first spoiler. How uh, did that happen? Somebody on the playground saw it before me, and they told me uh, that I was so that- bad. Bitch. <laughs> I, I was so mad. Um, I'm looking her up on Facebook. Ah, I want to know what she does for a living. She's a, she's a lovely person. But, yeah, she spoiled that for me. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I will never forget when he said, I'm your father. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that was just, I mean, I think I cried in the theater. My yeah. parents were like, what's wrong with you? Never, <laughs> I'm like, no, the evil man's his dad. I don't like this. Like, 
I the stuff that I knew like I, after Star Wars, I got into Battle of the Planets, the anime, the American version of, of Gatchaman. Um, and so I was into like the rogue characters and I loved Han Solo. And at the end of that, like, I remember when they put him in carbonite and I was like, no, but he's like Jason from battle of the planets. And so- oh my <laughs> God. I know. This is a deep cuts. Did you watch Battlestar Galactica back then? Oh yeah. Oh, I watched first Battlestar Galactica and second Battlestar Galactica and Battlestar Galactica 1980. And then, oh my God. And then, uh, Buck Rogers in the, in the 20th oh, century. I remember Buck Rogers. Twiggy. The yep. beady beady. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I watched all of it. Oh my all god, it. that's awesome! That's awesome. Yeah, we could talk for hours. <laughs> we could all. We're all, we're almost actually at hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm pushing my glasses right back up my. Actually, I don't have any on, but in theory, I'm pushing my glasses right back up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, maybe maybe we should kind of start closing out a little bit. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we we every we kind of end every interview with uh, what we we play a game called the Big Finish. Um, but before we do that, I think, I think, th- especially from what I've read about you, what I know about you online, uh, through other people and from this interview alone, I think I could definitely summer, summarize this, this entire interview with the River Tam quote. And it oh. is, uh, I can kill you with my brain. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so if, Jenna, before we get to the big finish, can you please, uh, you know, plug in all your social media websites? Anything you want to plug it all, go right ahead, as long as it's not illegal. Okay, no, I, I think everything I do is, is legal, <laughs> but I maybe. Um, okay, so Twitter, Instagram, I am at Jenna Bush, B U S C H, as I said, like the beer, not the president. Um, Facebook, I am Jenna Bush 13. Um, I am on, I'm writing for Sci Fi Fangirls. On Sci-Fi, uh, on Sci-Fi Wire, and then I'm also uh, <coughs> agent of Leia, which has moved over to VitalThrills.com, which is a great site that I'm very, very proud of. Legion of Leia podcast is there. Um, the Psych Geeks book series. We have our like eleven. I've only the only one I didn't write for was Walking Dead. All the rest of them, I think there's eleven others. I've written for every one of them. Um, the next one's coming out. We have uh, Black Panther Psychology coming out in June, and Joker Psychology coming out later in the year. Um, my novel is almost done and will be going to beta readers and then my agent will take it out. So that will be out soonish. It is, um, it is historical fiction with a supernatural twist and, uh, just did my first reading of that. So I'm very excited about it. I think that is everything, but I will also be at, at San Diego Comic-Con. So I have no idea where I'll be, but I'll be there. Are, it, uh, are you doing the Comic-Con panel with John? I don't know if I'm doing his panel yet. Oh, oh okay. Doing, um, I don't think I'm. I, I know of two that I'm doing so far, but I don't think I'm allowed to say yet. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. I just I just found out today that um, that John got two of his panels approved. Yeah. Well, I will always do him. a panel with John. Whenever John has a panel, if he ever needs me on there, he knows he can call me because I am I am definitely in. But I know I'm doing at least two. Cool. Awesome. That's so a I, lot. I think that is everything. <laughs> Jeff just walked in. Jeff, am I doing anything else? Uh, you think I covered it? What a weird question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't forget your new hashtag, Glitter Shits. So. <laughs> okay, he said he thinks I covered it. So, um, All right. Yeah, so He's like, exactly. I want you to come to bed. <laughs> End this shit. <laughs> it's fucking late. <laughs> Oh, I'm not talking about the Hydra stuff. Oh, okay. That's shit. That's 
that's all that's all secret. Don't tell people about Hydra. They said nothing illegal. You couldn't hear, but they said nothing illegal. Right. Yeah. No Hydra stuff. Hail Hydra. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, here we are. We're at the big finish. We do this for all our guests. Um, we ask three questions. The same three questions to everybody. Um, it's not your favorite curse word or anything like that. That's that's that guy does that already. Uh, but ours is uh, pretty simple. So, <clears throat> but yet yeah, can be complicated. Uh, All time favorite character can be from any genre. Ooh, I mean, Princess Leia is obviously the first one. Um, but mm. but what I loved even before that. Um, there are two characters. There's Menely and Lessa from Anne McCaffrey's um, Dragon Riders of Pern series. Um, Menely mm. is, uh, was a musician, and she's the reason I ended up going into musical theater. And Lessa was a badass in a time where you didn't see a lot of female badasses, and she pretty much ran the planet while riding a dragon. <coughs> that sounds amazing. So, okay, so if, if Menely was your spouse, mm. what, what would you complain most about them? Oh, wow. Okay, what would I complain about Menely? Um, Menely um, has nine fire lizards, and they are like <laughs> little tiny dragons, and they have, as it is put in the book, tones that could bend metal. So oh, wow. there would be a lot of really high-pitched sounds, and they sing with her. So I would say probably making them pipe down in the evening would be, would be my point. <laughs> <laughs> And all the fire ships, those dragons leave. Well, yes, as long as they're full of glitter, it's fine. That book has a fire dragon breathing magneto. That's, oh my God, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> now I must read this book. <laughs> all right, second question. What are you watching now uh, as far as TV shows go? Uh, you know, one of the ones that you must go to, either you watch it live or right after it's recorded on your DVR or streaming. Now that Game of Thrones is over, what's your must must watch every week? Um, well, it's not on the air right now, but The Good Place. Oh, okay. I watch yeah. The Good Place right away. I think the writing is absolutely brilliant. It's a great show. It's so fantastic. I love everyone on it. I love the, the concepts that they come up with, that they... They go really deep into ethics, but they're that it's still really, really funny. I love every twist that they have, and I also like rewatching the episodes to find all the little weird things the writers put in, like the names of restaurants and the weird stuff on <laughs> right. magazines. Like that, I have to watch immediately. Okay, so what would Eleanor choose uh, if she had to choose between Kit, Airwolf, or Streethawk? Oh, Kit, because oh, yeah. Car. Testing her out. You're testing her out now. Oh, What's Car. Because Kit, 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 because, I mean, the the car, like, that would be a cool car. And she, I'd like, I, I think that would be the first thing she'd pick. And you could, oh. like, have conversations with it. So. Yes, <laughs> you know, and she, like, yeah. I don't know that he put up with her bullshit, but still, I mean, like, <laughs> maybe now, but not, not when she was, not when she was, <laughs> she puts it Arizona trash bag. um okay top three movies of all time Ooh, um empire strikes back love it um you can't tease me because but princess bride just because i love it so why would we tease you about that one that's a great one if you would have said legally blonde i would have laughed yeah no but but (laughs) But no um and particularly um because i got carrie elwes to say as you wish to me once on a no nice it was one of the coolest moments of my entire life that's amazing yeah that um that was 
that was pretty cool. Um, uh. And oh, gosh, I don't, I don't. There's so many to pick for the third one. It changes. It changes like often, doesn't it? Like every few years, like your top three changes. It really that. does. Um, yeah. I know that. Oh, oh, okay. Um, there's a really heavy one. Um, oh God, why can't I shock a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Chocolate is definitely one of them. See, Jeff's the one that introduced me to that. So we got to bring it around. <laughs> bring it back. Yeah, Jeff, you remember telling me about about chocolate and the the kick-ass woman in it? The, oh, I thought you meant like. No, no, I knew about the actual food part. No. Um, but, yeah, there's a, a, a movie. I think it's – I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, it's – is it Never Let Me Go? I think that's it. Um, is it foreign? No, um, but it was oh. a very small one. Um, Kira Knightley is in it. Oh. I'm just looking it up now so I get the exact thing because it's, it's one – Andrew do. Garfield is in it. But We're all doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> one of the craziest and and like most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Um, it's like God, and I'm trying to think. It was a number of years ago. Um, never let. Yeah, it is. Never let me go. And oh, never let me go because never let you go is the third eye. Yes, that's, that's what was in my head. No, it's never let me go. Um, it is okay. It's really sort of twisted sci-fi drama that's heartbreaking and absolutely beautiful. So. Yeah, definitely watch that one, but don't watch it if you're having a bad day. Like I, two thousand and ten. Okay. Yeah. So. But, so don't read. Don't read comments, and then go and watch that movie. Yeah, no, that's not. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 you do not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenna. Thank you so much for joining us on our two hundredth episode. We just got one last thing for you to do, and then we can sign off. Is I need you to go to your email right now that we've been corresponding on and check an email that says gift. So uh, I'll talk while you're doing that so that there's no dead air on the podcast. Oh, um, I just found it. Okay, so I don't know if you uh, are familiar with our logo, but I can't draw for shit, and neither can BJ. <laughs> so our logo is just stick figures. Um, and we thought that'd be funny since it's our show and we could do whatever the hell we want. So our thing now is every time we get an interview, uh, a person to come on, a guest – we give them a stick, their own personalized stick figure. So because it's a podcast, could you uh, kind of describe what you're looking at? Okay, so this is like Arya with Arya's sword and her and her jacket. It looks like, kind of like her pirate jacket. And she's got my blonde actually, hair and Leia buns, but also a braid. So it's actually the jacket. That's actually Lessa's jacket. Is that Lessa's jacket? Because yeah. I never, let me see, from the... From the book? the book that okay, so that book is the one where they have all of the um, the characters on the front of the book, and and McCaffrey's on the back of it, and they're all around a table. And she's just well, I, this is I don't know. I, I looked up the name because again, the internet stalked you and saw <laughs> that you liked this character, so I typed it into Google, and the one of the picture, the clearest picture I could get was like on the Wikipedia page. Right, right. That's from the book The People of Pern. So that was put. I believe, right. I, I, I saw I, the word Pern a lot. Yeah, it's, it's put out after most of the series was done, and it was, um, and it shows all the different characters, and that's on the cover. So you didn't see that, like on the original cover of the book, she's actually weirdly wearing this white dress that people wear when they impress their dragons. But she wasn't allowed to fly her dragon for a long time, so it's totally inaccurate. But this <laughs> one would be her flying jacket from the cover of that book. Oh, my yep. God. I'm so nerdy. Wow. So then <laughs> underneath is actually uh, Arya's shirt. 
because of the cross, the cross, the squares. But the um, the braid is actually uh, Les's braid. Yeah. I just paint. I just did it blonde. Oh, I love it! I love it. They drew this for me, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> He's smiling. I I live with an artist, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's it's very. He, awesome. He's probably like you. Show me a person like that. I'll give you five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't draw for shit, so I, I we try to. I I try to purposely put as much detail in it because it's a stick figure. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Look, you got Leia buns on it. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm very impressed, and you have needle. Yep, Lino, yes. that was that was not easy to do. Oh, <laughs> and it looks like shit. <laughs> no, I'm holding the actual replica right now, and it looks like you did a great job. It's it's stick figure worthy. Let's put it that it way. Is. It is. I love it. Better than I right draw. On. Right on. Well, this has been such a pleasure. We're we're so glad to get you on here. I mean, we've been talking about it. Having you and, and uh, for the longest time, we're like, who, who should we talk to? And like, oh, we got to talk to her. But it was a long, you know, it was a long time coming. And for the 200th episode, that's pretty freaking awesome. So Aww, we're stoked, thanks, guys. That was so much fun. I, I had a blast talking to you. Thank you for yes. coming on again. Absolutely. Oh, so and uh, don't forget, glitter shits hashtag gl- hashtag GS. We'll know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> So Actually, I, what I wanted to say was you said you were almost done with your novel, right? Yes. Can you put glitter shits in your novel? I don't think it would fit this particular time period as they did not have glitter. Um, and uh, there is no Sparkly dog, shit. But there is a bunny and there is uh, – there, there's no cat. There's a bunny and a dog. Bunny. So there might be marbled like glitter shit. Yeah. yeah like little exactly. like pellets. Pellet yeah, shit. Sparkly pellets. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again, Jenna, uh, for coming on. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, thank you again. It's our 200th episode. Congrats to us. <laughs> Congrats to you. I'm very excited. I, that's, that's so awesome. <laughs>